Folk, he asked a question. And that question is, is Toy Story 4 a good movie? Welcome back to our podcast where every week we are on the quest to curate the best movie collection. In a time when your favorite movies are constantly fluctuating through multiple streaming services, it's important to decide which movie has earned a spot in the collection. So join us every week as we ask a question, but is it a good movie? I'm your host, Ish, and with me is my co-host, Nick. That's me. And again, joined for us for the last part of Toy Story Month is Mia. Hi, I'm Mia. And Nadia. Hello. Alright guys, so like I said, we're talking about Toy Story 4, the epic finale of this franchise. I don't know. I don't know how you guys feel about like this recent rewatch of it. If it deterred your views on like the entire series as a whole. Or if you just like remember it better than last time you watched it. Or if it's like um, around the same. But um, I guess we'll give our like final thoughts on that later on. But I want to talk to you guys about like... So when this movie first... When it came out, right? It came out in 2019. And I don't know about you guys, but I remember it coming out like a lot longer ago than that. It feels like it came out like 2017, 2018. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think the pandemic just made us age like 10 years. <laughs> right? Yeah, I was telling me about that. I was like, 2019? That was like, yeah, right before COVID hit. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't remember it being so recent. Mm-mm. It doesn't feel like it. You're right. I, know, I remember it being kind of recent. Really? Yeah. It was like the last, you know, point when things were like normal, I guess. I don't remember that point. No. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like it, I remember coming out, I don't know, like around like 2016 or something like that. But the fact that it came out 2019 and and I don't know if you guys um remember what movies came out around the same time. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give you guys like a rundown of what came out, right? So I think like the previous month before that, Men in Black 3 came out. Uh, on the same day, the Child's a Play remake came out. Okay. And I don't know if you guys remember the marketing for that. It feels like they had a great opportunity to do something oh, that they, fucked with the toys. Toys, that's right. I do remember that. Yeah, they had a killer marketing where it was like Chucky was going around killing the toys from Toy Story. Yeah. That's awesome. I think in one of like the posters he was roasting Slinky's butt. <laughs> and like, <laughs> yeah, it was insane. <laughs> Because I remember that was, like, they definitely took advantage of Toy Story 4 coming out that same day. And then the next week, Annabelle Comes Home came out. Nice. So it was, like, it was, like, a full month of toys. A new generation of kids that are traumatized, traumatized, <laughs> traumatized towards toys uh-huh. that may or may not be living. Yeah, and then I think Endgame came out. Like, and the may or may week. not want to kill you. <laughs> oh, shit. Endgame came out. 2019? Yeah. yeah. Oh my oh, gosh. Damn. I Dude. remember working that. Holy what shit. What? That 2019 was a whole era. <laughs> yeah. 2019 was stacked. There were so many things coming out, and for some reason, Toy Story 4, I remember seeing it in the movie theater alongside all these other movies, but Toy Story 4 just kind of like went into like the back of my head. Yeah. It didn't stand out at the moment. I remember liking it, but I don't remember it coming out during that time. But um, let's like give a quick rundown of what Toy Story 4 is. So the gang's back together. 
Woody and Buzz Lightyear and the rest of the gang, they're embarking on a new road trip with their new owner, Bonnie, after Bonnie comes back from kindergarten with her new friend, Forky. And the journey takes like an unexpected turn because Forky keeps trying to off himself. <laughs> he is convinced that he is trash and Woody is like a new parent trying to prevent this new toy from killing itself at every opportunity it can. <laughs> this detour leads him to an antique shop where he finds Bo Peep's lamp and he decides to inquire within to see if his old friend is there. And once he finds them, Woody and Bo discuss the old days and they soon start to realize that they're two worlds apart when it comes to what they want as for life as a toy. That's basically the premise of Toy Story 4. So, let's get into the movie a little bit. Um, one of the things I want to talk about is the beginning segment of this movie and how different it is from the other movies in the franchise. Yeah, it's like, this one's like somber and sad. Mm -hmm. It's like a flashback of like what happened to Bo Peep. Because, like, in Toy Story 3, when, like, someone brings up Bo, it kind of just, like, brings the mood down for Woody for, yeah. like, 45 seconds. And he's like, ah, yeah, don't worry about that, you mm -hmm. know, kind thing. So we don't really know what happened to her. We assume just kind of, like, yard sale kind of thing. Or, like, yeah. maybe, like, thrown away. But we know that Andy's mom gave the lamp away to a family friend, maybe? Yeah. And uh, she's okay with that, you know? Yeah, Molly is like, yeah, I don't need that toy anymore. But what I noticed right off the bat is how much better the animation is in Toy Story 4. So good. Compared to, like, any other, like, Pixar movie at that point, right? Especially when they go out into the rain. And we see the rain falling on all of them. And when RC's stuck in that gutter. And the water is, like, swooshing all around him. How insane was that, right? For, like, an animated movie? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that... It, I can't even say, like, it looked like real life because, like, it didn't. But, yeah. like, it looked as real as an animated movie could, like, look. Mm -hmm. Like, in its own world. Yeah. No, I... What I do remember from Toy Story 4, when it came out, is all the talk about how a lot of, like, the things looked almost realistic. Um, and the water and, like, the grass especially. Like, all of that looked, like almost photorealistic but not to a point where it was like uncanny valley territory yeah like the cat in the movie mm -hmm. like it that looks like a real cat for a split second yeah but like it does. just like i said it, it fits though mm -hmm. i just remember when this movie first came out the one thing i remember especially in its marketing was its posters how it showed like i think it there was one of woody there was one of buzz and then there was one of bo peep Mm -hmm. They all were, like, standing, like, in heroic poses with their hands on their hips and everything. I remember people, like, grabbing them and zooming in. And I remember scrolling through Reddit and being like, oh, my gosh. Like, yeah. people were picking out how you could pick out the threads on, like, the clothing. And, like, like the reflections on, like, Bo Peep's, like, porcelain yeah. and everything. And people were like, holy shit. This is, like, animation at its, like, peak right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, how did you guys feel about... um like, the story they came up with with Bo Peep and, like, why she was, like, gone for Toy Story 3. I mean, I thought it was okay. Um, I don't know. It was weird in a sense because, yeah, like, you didn't know what happened to her in 3. And I, it makes you wonder when they started planning that storyline yeah. or if it was that far in advance or if they just 
couldn't get like the voice actor for Bo Peep in mm-hmm. three. Like I just wasn't sure. Yeah, I know. I think John Lasseter he wasn't very involved in this movie. This was around the same time where he like left to Skydance or something. Um, but apparently, he's always wanted to bring Bo Peep back. That's like the one thing they kept from his original story was like bringing Bo Peep back. But I think that's like the extent of it of just like that character. Gotcha. Yeah, I feel like there wasn't too much to do with her character and why she left. Mm-mm. For a toy, there's only, like, a couple, like, scenarios, like, I guess I could think of. Like, you get thrown away. Yeah. Yard sale happens. Given away or mm-hmm. something like that. Or, like, they leave on their own. Cause yeah. In this movie, we see, like, toys, like, just roam, man. Like, they just, yeah. like, you know, like, the lost toy ideal. Like, they're, like, nomadic lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Are they just gonna travel around with this carnival and shit? Hashtag van life. Yeah. <laughs> um, what I what I did notice was, I feel like Bo Peep in this movie is a lot different than how she originally was portrayed in Toy Story One and Two. Because mm-hmm. I feel like in Toy Story One and Two she was kind of like Woody's like um, hype man in the way, where she's like, "Woody, you got this." But in this in this movie, it was almost like a like a Linda Hamilton moment, where it's like. She took up arms, and now she is the badass of this movie. Mm-hmm. It's like, um, the roles were reversed, where now Woody is out of his element, and he's, like, constantly fucking up because he's so used to being in charge, and Bo Peep is just like, no, I got this. Like, this is my realm. And she does get very pissed at Woody at some points in the movie. Yeah, because she's been on her own for, God. Seven yeah. years. Yeah, yeah, because Andy grew up, and... Mm-hmm. Now, like, he's with, like, a new owner, and she's like, fuck that. Yeah. Like, I, like, I live by my own code, you mm-hmm. know? Bo Peep literally became the we can do this. Yeah. Like, poster girl there. Almost has, like, the same outfit. Yeah. You know what confuses me? Um, like, Bo Peep was on the road with this carnival? No, she was in that town. The carnival just got there. Okay, okay. No, that makes sense. She said she was there for, like, seven years, though, in the, like that town right yeah, in the mm-hmm. antique store because she was in oh, okay so how long was she in the antique store for i think she in, said a couple of years yeah so i think in total she was there for seven years okay no i was confused because i'm like it seems like she wants to be on the road with this carnival but she seems very familiar with the area mm-hmm. i think it was like a matter of like she brought herself to that playground too when she kind of hopped off the lamp and everything mm-hmm. she realized that she could be played with any yeah. kid ever like she didn't need to be tied to like one kid like she just polyamorous yeah exactly yeah, <laughs> yeah we like a little like segue but we saw a, a short on what Bo Peep was doing all that time right Lamp life yeah and it, it kind of explained a little bit of when she was taken to that new family in the beginning of the movie it was because they had a new baby girl and then the baby girl outgrew her, and then they had another baby, and it was just, like, this whole thing where Bo just kept getting passed along. She was, like, a white elephant gift at one point. <laughs> she was a baby lamb. Yeah. <laughs> and then she was, like, on a boat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I thought that montage was, like, more of, like, a funny thing. Yeah. Kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And, like, the way, like, Woody at the end of that little story is like, is that really what happened? Yeah. And then they're like, more or less. Mm-hmm. So I think it was kind of, like, tongue-in-cheek. Mm-hmm. Like, kind of, like, 
how stuff moves like you know one man's trash mm-hmm. and like a goodwill or a thrift store moves to a present or mm-hmm. a white elephant gift the, yeah my favorite part of that montage is when like a bunch of children and it ended up the last child i think was like literally a baby and the baby's like that's a baby lamp yeah. <laughs> like, i don't want that right times are changing yeah <laughs> i liked um in that little thing where like the little girl took her off the lamp uh-huh. and played with her and the mom was like that's not a toy have you guys ever had that mm-hmm. you know yeah. where there was some kind of knickknack or something your parents had that you're like that's that's a toy god damn it mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and i think that's really funny like i thought that this couldn't this series couldn't get any more relatable mm-hmm. but i was like fuck that unlocked another like core memory yeah, yeah. i remember my grandma used to have this like it was to put out candles but it was like a little angel in her dress, like you put over the mm. flame and it would put it out. And I always thought it was like a wand. I remember swinging it around <laughs> as a kid, and she's like, "No, no, 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 <laughs> that's my, not a toy." Yep. I, I don't know if you, if your moms were like this, but my mom had a phase where she was like a dolphin mom, where she had like a bunch of dolphins and stuff. <laughs> <Yes>. My aunt. <laughs> I don't. I don't think my mom ever exited her dolphin phase. <laughs> yeah, it was like a weird thing in like the early two thousands where yeah. there was just a bunch of dolphins everywhere. And I I never interacted with them, but my brother, he was the one that was like when he was very little, he would always try to grab all the dolphins and stuff, and my mom would be like, "Don't touch the dolphins." <laughs> my mom had those Faberge eggs. Oh okay. And they opened up, and you'd like I don't know, you'd put like one item in them. They're so small, but I always thought like they like these were such like mystical little items mm-hmm. i'd open them up and pretend there was like treasure inside them and stuff <laughs> and then i broke one off the hinge and i just kind of placed it back on and Ooh. never touched it for like years and then my mom was just like huh guess it just broke I'm like yeah weird i've done that to an egg too i don't think it was like super high end or anything but the hinge <laughs> oh, did yeah, break mom... and i just like oh i'm just gonna put this together and hope no one tries to open this <laughs> oh yeah there's no way my mom actually spent real money um, these like mm. things they were more like gifts or like fake ones you know like you mm-hmm. could tell you'd like pick them up like what is this made out of no yeah. the hinge probably wouldn't have broken so easily if yeah. it was a real one um on the topic of Bo I, I want to talk about the reintroduction of Bo and like her return to the franchise when we first get introduced to her again I like how they meet at mm-hmm. the park but I don't like the how the movie starts with the flashback of her, though. You don't like that? No, I feel like, because, like, it basically, like, the movie's, like, feeding you what's going to happen. Like, they're going to reconnect, mm-hmm. you know? Like, the movie's going to, like, you know, it's all over the marketing and posters yeah. and stuff. So, it's not, like, a big spoiler. But I feel like it would have been kind of cool if that was, like, a surprise thing. Mm-hmm. You know? I get that. You know what I think that opening established more than anything is woody's um second thoughts or he almost left with Bo, right yeah because Bo was trying to tell him that's like kids lose their toys all the time sometimes they get placed in a wrong box and someone takes that box and he almost goes into the box and so he hears andy cry for him right and then woody's whole thing where he's like i have a purpose to serve and my purpose is to serve andy so he decides not to leave with Bo peep even though that's what he really wants yeah i don't know that's what i i came across from it especially because it's like that is what the i feel like that is the purpose of this movie 
or we've talked about in all the other Toy Story movies. It's like each mo- Toy Story movie tries to uh, teach you something or like tell a story. Where it's like if it's either because of friendship or because of like questioning your existence or accepting like your fate. Whereas I think this movie makes you question your purpose and like makes you question if like should I follow like this pre-written thing that I'm supposed to follow like my destiny or is it okay for me to break that and like do something else? Yeah, I can see it because like all the Toy Stories for me are like uh like a kind of change in a way mm-hmm. you know like like what it's like to like you know the first one what's like to not be like the favorite toy you yeah know? like that is like perfect for like you know like i know nadia has like siblings and stuff like mm-hmm. you know like you were the first child and then when your sisters came along you know like more attention had to be put on them because they're little mm-hmm. and stuff so kids could get jealous mm-hmm. you know it's just like a perfect metaphor for that and then like and so like i think each story does like a pretty stellar job at like reinforcing that like Mm -hmm. things change and it's the way that you're gonna handle it and it's done in such a way that's like not like in your face like punching you Mm -hmm. you know like yeah i do like how after that flashback it's established that woody is no longer bonnie's favorite or like was Woody ever Bonnie's favorite? I yeah, right. Because yeah. it's like, I think he was like the favorite for a minute because he was a new toy. Yeah. But then once all the other toys were introduced, it's like he no longer wants yeah. to be that. And when he gets replaced by essentially um, like Jesse Jesse as the sheriff, I feel like that's a little um, that's a little sad at that moment, right? Because it's like this is the first time where Woody no longer has a purpose really so he like throughout the movie tries to find new purposes to still help bonnie her his his owner or his kid yeah which is kind of like interesting because it's like i don't know if um like this time around rewatching it i picked up that they keep saying kid a lot like they're like i have a kid or like i'll get you a kid or something it's like but they say kids so much to the point where it's like they really try to push like Woody is like a parent, and like when your kids are outgrowing you and you're still trying to be relevant to them, so you're like helping them in like little ways and like going to kindergarten with them on their first day and like just being there for them even though they don't know you're there. Yeah, yeah. Like I remember when my brother moved out, mm-hmm. and like he was like fully self sufficient, job, car, cook, clean for himself. But my mom still wanted to kind of be a part of his life a little bit. Mm-hmm. So she, like, when he was moving out, she would, like, hide some of his stuff mm-hmm. so that he had to come back. <laughs> and then, so then she could teach, like, reteach him, like, do you know how to iron? And he's like, yeah, mom, I know how to iron. He goes, well, let me show you. Because, like, she still wanted to stay relevant. Like, mm-hmm. So, yeah, Woody has, like, empty nest syndrome. In he my, does. In my opinion. Um. How did you feel about him being replaced with Jesse, essentially? It makes sense. Yeah. Bonnie's a girl. I think... Women empowerment. Yep, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Girls will kind of like... Here you have two cowboy toys. You know, mm-hmm. one's a boy, one's a girl. And you're like, oh, well, I'm a girl. I like, you know, like this one fits me. Kinda. Yeah. So she takes the sheriff badge off of Woody, puts it on <laughs> Jesse. But, like, I think it's funny because, like, we talked about, like, how people don't realize like the toys moving and doing mm-hmm. shit. So Bonnie 
must take this star off of Woody before. Yeah. Because Jesse says, here's your star back again or something. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's, so, like, Bonnie's like, what the fuck? Well, <laughs> <laughs> stay on this toy. No, I feel like kids get so distracted that it's, like, a second thought. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kids get distracted by the littlest things. So, like, I feel like... Maybe she thought she put it back on Woody at some point or something like mm-hmm. that. You know what I mean? Like, there's got to be, like, logic behind ha- it. It has to be. Because, like, I guess, like, I can't even remember, like, all the little nitty-gritty when I would play my toys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you guys, um, so when Woody gets left in the closet, we see the rest of, like, the forgotten toys? <laughs> Did you pick up on any of, like, the voices? No. Mm-mm. So, they're, they have unspoken names. But I think they're credited. And it's a bunch of older comedians. So we have um, Mel Brooks, which is Melephant Brooks. <laughs> He's a little elephant toy. We have Carol Burnett, which is Cheryl Burnett. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's awesome. That's we cute. have Carl Rayner, which is Carl Rhinoceros. And Betty White is Bitey White. She's Aww. a tiger. Aww. So, I I see. I'm glad you brought that up. So, in this movie, Bonnie Mm -hmm. makes a a spork Mm -hmm. into a toy, which then it gains sentience. Mm -hmm. What point did the chair become sentient, do you think? Is it because... Wait, no, no. Is it because when you look at stuff that has, like, two dots and, like, an opening that looks like a mouth that you go, huh, it's smiling... Every time you do that, does that item now become alive? Maybe she played with it. Yeah. That's what I'm going to How do you play with a chair? I'm just asking. You use it as like a monster and you're like, hey. hey." You hold it. You make the legs of the chair act like Like, the legs of a living Mm -hmm. being. Yeah. Uh, I've not done that before. No, I usually use chairs as like stages for stuff and they'd be like jumping all over it and stuff like that. Don't you remember Tim Allen's The Santa Claus? When the kid is in his room and he has all the chairs lined up and he pretends that the chairs are reindeer. And he's just like, oh, onward, Donner, honor, Dixon. So, like, kids play with chairs. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess more or less, like, it's just like the chair is just, like, immediately sentient. Yeah. I do like the chair's expression. Yeah. And all it's the just time. like, <laughs> surprise Pikachu face. All the time. Always, yeah. <laughs> I like when the, like, the toys in the closet are just like, like, oh, I remember a house. Those were the good old days. It was simple. You make a house and you live in it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think that's probably where the chair gains sense because yeah. I think she's the one that says it, right? Yeah. That's like, remember house? Oh, uh, I thought it was like one of like, the little toys, but I know one of them says it. Yeah. And then the clock. Yeah. That like reminds Woody that he's like been shelved. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't remember how long he said, but I feel like it was like six months or something. Yeah, yeah, it was a crazy amount of time. And he was like, I've been counting every minute. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see any Totoro plushes in this movie. No, he was gone. He was gone. I guess Disney lost their rights to the <laughs> to the Studio Ghibli um, publishing. Yeah, I guess so, because they don't distribute um, Studio Ghibli anymore. No. Did they do that when Toy Story 3 was coming out? I don't know when they did it. I feel like... It, when I started collecting the Studio Ghibli movies, it went from a point where it was like, oh yeah, these all see Disney on them, and then they start saying G-Kids on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. There was a point where yeah. it switched. I know, because, I, I mean, yeah, off topic, but I, yeah, I remember, like, watching on Disney Channel when, like, Ponyo and stuff like that was mm-hmm. released, and they had so many specials dealing with it. 
So, um, I know we were talking about Bo earlier. I, I like how when Bo gets reintroduced, and it's because Woody sees the sheep, right? He sees them, like, scamper across the playground. And he's like, what the fuck? And he tries to get to them, sees a kid coming, so he, like, plays, plays dead. dead. Yeah. <laughs> but then... I like when he gets introduced with Bo again because like the girl picks them both up and he's like and she's making them talk. Yeah. I and thought then, that was so cute. Yeah, because of the lighting and like everything looks like so dreamy and they're just like looking at each other with smiles. Mm-hmm. And it's all in like slow motion yeah. and stuff. It's like... But it's like that technique or like that kind of framing is like used in like more human like expression yeah. so when they see each other like usually like one of them like oh my god like they'll have like, a surprise expression but because they have to pretend they're not sentient. They're just yeah. looking at each exactly. other with their normal expressions, and it keeps cutting back and forth. It was that was really funny. <laughs> like they're having like the first conversation yeah. again, like forever. So daydreamy. I don't know. I, I can't imagine how hard it was for Woody to, like to hold in his excitement. <laughs> He's just like both. <laughs> uh, do you guys remember the sheep's names? Oh. Um, they say it so many times. Yeah. Billy, Goat, and, and Gruff. Yeah. yeah. I love how Woody can never remember <laughs> it. And he goes there and he'll name them yeah. whatever. And they all just give him like a, are you kidding me? Kind of look. And like, lefty. Yeah. <laughs> and righty. Right. Yeah. Billy, Goat, and Gruff. Billy, Goat, and Gruff, yep. So... Let's talk about some of the like, newer characters that were introduced in uh, this movie. So we have Forky. We have Ducky and Bunny. Yep. Duke Kaboom. And, um... Gabby Gabby? Gabby Gabby's the villain. Yeah. And then the ventriloquist dummies, which Benson. we... Benson. Benson. They're Benson. all Benson. <laughs> but do you guys remember the little cop's name? Oh, uh, Giggles. Giggles, yeah. Is it just Giggles? Um, or Officer, Officer Giggles. Officer Giggles. Yeah. So, uh, how do you guys feel about Forky? Love him. You love Forky? I think it's funny. Yeah. Because, like, around that time when, like, this movie was coming out, that was when, like, the millennial humor was, like, taking, like, full mainstream mm-hmm. effect, where, like, people were like, oh, I'll, I'll die. Fuck yeah, it. Hot, you know? Just yeah. kill me. Like, yeah, yeah, literally, like, shit like that. So, like, I feel like Forky fit perfectly. It was like, oh, <laughs> I'm trash. I'm yeah. garbage. Or something yeah. like that. Where it's like the very like self-deprecation yeah. of like the humor and stuff. So I think it's pretty funny. I think I remember around this time people just going, trash, <laughs> trash. <laughs> that was like people's favorite phrases at the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah, when Forky first gets introduced and like Bonnie makes him and stuff where it's like, I completely forgot that Woody is the one that essentially cre- also helps create Forky in a way. She gives him the tools. Yeah. So it's like. I guess it makes sense that he sees Forky as, like... His son. His son, in a way. (laughs) But when he's in the backpack, and he's like, ah, look at me, I'm talking to the spork. And then Forky gains sentience, and he takes a deep gasp. (laughs) That was fucking terrifying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Bonnie kind of just Frankensteined him together, and here he is. (laughs) And I love how he just, like, he understands... His purpose is, like, trash. Just like when Buzz gets introduced, he, like, thinks he's, like, a space ranger. So, it's a little different with Forky, because Forky doesn't think he's a toy. He, like, but he knows what he's supposed to be. Yeah, he's, like, I am plastic, like, yeah, 
cutlery I am, and then like white like before he throws himself out the window he's like i'm used for a soup salad maybe the occasional whatever chili chili <laughs> and then to the trash and he jumps out the window and he's like i'm litter <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh i guess you think about it though at that whole sequence when she was building him right mm. like there was a kid that came over to her table when she sat alone and took all of her stuff, yeah. all like the oh material. That was heartbreaking. And half of it ended up in the trash anyway, yeah. which is kind of ironic. That was another point point where I was like, he was eating an apple, and mm-hmm. I was like, that looks like a real apple, yeah. like up to like all the little details, and it had like a little bruise and stuff. That was impressive. I, yeah, rewatching it, I was just like, that apple looks fucking real. <laughs> there, there's probably a team at Pixar that's like. They like watch like they like go through the work again. Mm-hmm. They're like, mm, couldn't use more detail on that apple. <laughs> it's only there for four seconds. Eh. You know, detail. I put a bruise on that apple. This movie came out ten years after Toy Story three. I would have thought a little bit more time would have passed, but it's only been a year with Bonnie. Yeah, I think so. Cause she was in daycare and now she's in Kinder. Well, then they would have had to make a whole new character model for Bonnie. <laughs> it looks like they did, it looks like they stretched her out a little bit. Yeah, like they made her taller. Yeah, I think they made her grow a little bit. They yeah. aged her right, and then again, going back to the whole where it got technically just more impressive. Mm-hmm. Like you could clearly see like more texture on her face, like her freckles kind of mm-hmm. came out a little bit more, and then the like you could see specific hair strands and how yeah. the light hits them and everything. With uh, with Forky. Was there ever a point where you were over him? Or were you like, I'm invested in this character, let's go? Hmm, I felt tired watching him. But at the same time, Woody was also getting exhausted from watching him. So I feel like I just sympathized with Woody. Even though I was like kind of over Forky at that moment. The same time he was. Right, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I guess I understood him more so now. This time, like, he was like, he was a plot device, you know? Yeah. So, and I understood him as that. I feel like they like kind of took him out of the story like at the perfect moment. Yeah. Because he gets captured by the ventriloquist dummy. Mm-hmm. Benson or Benson? Benson. 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 So he gets taken pretty much like, I don't know, like mid part of the movie? Yeah. So like we don't have him constantly. If we did, I'd be like, okay, can we like get this over with? <laughs> it was weird because Forky... I feel like in all, like, the promotional material, it made it seem like Forky was going to be the new protagonist. It was going to be, like, another Buzz and Woody moment. But, yeah, like you said, like, not even, like, halfway through, right? He becomes, like, a MacGuffin at that point where it's, like, he is a plot device to almost, like, completely do, like, a 180 in the movie. Where, like, the, it no longer follows this story. It's, like, this story's over. Now we're in a whole different movie, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is very jarring. Yeah, yeah. I guess with yeah, like Forky's like character development mm-hmm. there. It's like the whole dynamic where like you're like Woody's like the parent to the kid, mm-hmm. and then now like Forky being like the kid, but that's acting like the parent yeah. to the parent. You know, yeah. where that I mean, it happens in life too. You know, you have these conversations and such. I yeah. like when they're like talking to each other and. Um, Woody kind of like lets out a floor, a floor, a slip, and he's like, "Oh, Andy needs us back." And Forky's like, "Who's Andy?" Oh yeah, like the Freudian slip. Yeah. It. Oh yeah, I felt that, and then it's just quiet, and it's like, oh, "Andy." 
Yeah. No, but I do like how Forky kind of like develops when we're not watching, though. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly it. Like when he's just talking to Gabby Gabby, he's just uh. having like a full on like somewhat intellectual, at least friendly conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what my favorite thing about Forky is when Woody goes after Forky and they're like walking back to the campground and Forky's just kind of like hobbling back and forth and he stops and gets <laughs> yeah. and he gets back up and starts wobbling again. And he goes, carry me? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, when he finally realizes that he's like, I need to go back to Bonnie. It seems like a little rushed at that point. Where, well, I feel like that was like the point on why he gets like taken. Because mm-hmm. like if he didn't, then he would just be like beelining it for Bonnie. Mm-hmm. You know, but so <clears throat> another new characters, right? We have the the duo Ducky and Bunny. So I want to talk about Ducky and Bonnie for a little bit. They get um, shown way too late in the movie. Shown way too late. You would have wanted more Ducky and Bunny. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. They were funny. Really? Yeah, I know they were like the comic like relief of mm-hmm. like this serious tone movie. But I could agree. Yeah, I wish they were in there just earlier. a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Okay, I feel like Ducky and Bunny almost feel like they're part of a different movie. <laughs> yeah. Like they don't act like any of the other toys we've ever seen. They're a lot more violent. Because they're in their own world. And I guess, yeah. they think about it, yeah, they're like circus toys. You know what yeah. I mean? They're fair toys. All they're they like... know is throw ball at Target. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do like, like their movement also feels different mm-hmm. compared to everyone else. But I love the dynamic between them, how they are tied together, essentially. Yeah. So they are best friends who have each other's back at all points, but also get on each other's nerves a lot. Of course. Because <laughs> when we first see them, it's because they're mad at Buzz. Because AT took the top toy spot. He did. <laughs> and they, they've been there for years trying to get a kid. And I like when Ducky's trying to kick Buzz. He can't reach him. And he's like, buddy, come on. It's like, what? It's like, you're going to make me say it? Like, I can't get to him without your help. <laughs> yeah. They definitely felt like... Well, they're played by two comedians, uh-huh. obviously. But they definitely felt like stand-up in this world. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's why I think they feel so different. Mm-hmm. Because everyone else acts like a toy, but they feel like a comedic duo, actually. Yeah. After watching this, I wanted to watch all of Key and Peele. Because <laughs> <laughs> they are so funny together. I was watching some of like the behind-the-scenes of them recording together. And just how they bounce off each other in the recording booth is amazing you can tell that they've had chemistry for like almost their entire lives Mm -hmm. good chemistry will always make a good set of characters yeah for sure um i love their plan on when they're trying to take the key back yes (laughs) (laughs) i like how like it just like cuts right to like Mm -hmm. their plan but like they didn't say like the plan is no it just like cuts to in our scene and then like it's jarring because like they jump out at her and shit like that and it's like, holy fuck. Yeah, that whole section was like, it, it's another point where it's like, it felt like a different movie because like, they did a whole like, playing by the rule of threes, right? So like, they do the first bit where they attack the shopkeeper. Mm-hmm. 
And they're like, all right, scrap that, scrap that. We'll do winner, winner, chicken dinner. And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they drop the ball. Yeah, but it's essentially the same exact plan. <laughs> and then when they get to the third point, which is... Um, plush rush. Plush rush. And this is where it's like, you think it's going to be the same thing, but they kind of derail it a little bit by making it a lot longer where everyone's like, okay, what the fuck's going on? And then, you know, like the, with the lady of the shop keep, is she just like... She leaves. Mm-hmm. She goes home. She has a bubble bath with wine. Yeah. And then, and then she's sleeping. And then the toys come up, like, behind her while she's sleeping, which is, is kind of scary. I love it because, like, of the perspective of how we see them rise, it's like you just see Buddy looking down at her. They have, like, teeth are, like, shook. Well, it gets to the point where it doesn't even serve their goal. Yeah, no. right. It's like, what is the point of checking her at that point? Yeah. But I love how we find out how they actually do get the key and it's just because she just left it there. Yeah. <laughs> Literally like, served yeah. on a plate in front of them. Yeah. yeah. They were like, yeah, that was so hard. Like, yeah. yeah. Almost didn't make it out alive. Yeah. So, uh, you're welcome. <laughs> but, yeah, seeing Tucky and Bunny... Wait, wait. Mm-hmm. That makes me think, were they planning on attacking her? Because <laughs> they were still in the same position <laughs> as if they would attack her. I don't know, because, like, I think they were just brainstorming, and then they all froze because she approached them. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry. I'm like, what were they going to do? <laughs> but I love how um, Ducky and Bunny, I feel like they're super funny, but when we do need them the most, they do, like, they make the movie, like, shine a lot more. It's Like, there's a point where they're all leaving Woody behind, and they're, like, underneath the carousel, and they're heading towards, like, the center of it, and... The, and they're like, oh, you want us to go to the middle of that? You're crazy. And Bo's like, all right. <laughs> I kind of, like, when I say go, go. And she's like, ready, set. And she's like, no. And then, like, they go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they had, and they immediately get hit. They dragged around. I like them because they're not slapstick mm-hmm. all the time. And they're not just, like, trying to, like, just make jokes all the time. Yeah. Like, a lot of their stuff, because, like, I don't know, Keen and Peele, they're just, like, naturally very funny in yeah. any situation you put them in. But they don't make it, like, too much, like, ha ha jokes, yeah. see what the script says, like... Yeah. This movie made me realize that their dynamic is, like, Jordan Peele is kind of, like, the straight man. Because Bunny doesn't go off the rails as much as Ducky does. Oh, yeah, Ducky's a wild child. Yeah. But Bunny always looks like he's stoned. <laughs> like, his eyes are always, like, half open. His mouth slightly open. Yeah. Uh, and then we have... I like when Ducky thinks Bunny died. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because he's all the fluff out there. Yeah. yeah. He's like, no, Bunny. <laughs> but then he's still attached to him yeah. on the other hand. Yeah. It's like he always has been. Yeah, because earlier we see um, another plush that was destroyed by the cat. And I like how they're like, that's what we look like in the inside. <laughs> and Dick's like, there's so much fluff. <laughs> I like how they showed the other half of that, like, chewed up plush in, like, oh, a we different were, uh, scene. Yeah. In, like, yeah. the underground, like, thrift store toy and, club. And he's, like, totally okay with it. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. like, ah, oh, yeah, shit happens. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, when they're at the pinball machine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so... That's a perfect segue, because I wanted to talk about a, a character we meet in that pinball machine. When they, like, first enter it, right, and Bo... Well, we get, like, a quick cameo of Tinny. 
the tin toy from like the mm-hmm. original short, which is very cool. And we get a lot of like different toys. We get like an Obi Wan toy and stuff like that. But we meet possibly one of the best characters, Duke Kaboom, America's great not America, Canada. Canada's Canada, greatest yes. stuntman. <laughs> and how, how do you guys feel about Duke Kaboom? I like him. He's yeah. very funny. Yeah, I like. It's like. It's another, he's the toy with a backstory that, like, we've all been there. Mm-hmm. Not on, well, at least for us four, we haven't been there on, what's Canada's Day? What's their oh, Christmas? Boxing Day. Day. Boxing Day. But, like, on Christmas, you know, you see a toy on TV, the commercial grabs you, and you're like, fuck yeah, I want that. Mm-hmm. And then you get it, and it sucks. Oh, that oh. was me with the Hot Wheels. You know the thing where you put the car in the mm. little, um, I don't even know, it's like a little engine and it like pushes the car yeah, forward and it thrusts track. through the little track and then it doesn't even like make it around the whole track. Oh, <laughs> tragic. Mine was moon shoes. Oh. Because they were, because they were just like plastic stilts and you just mm-hmm. bounce inside them. But it, the commercial always made it look like you actually jumped in the air. Mm-hmm. Like. Oh, mm. uh, my mom wouldn't let me get those. Yeah, my mom wouldn't. That was the mm-hmm. only toy I remember returning after Whoa. Christmas. My parents were the family that was like, yo, play, play with what you got. Because like, yeah. half of this is probably hand-me-downs. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, so, um, what was the kid's name? Jacques? It was like Jean-Paul. Jean, yeah, it was Jean-Paul. Like, <laughs> I think it was Zach. I could look it up. No. But yeah, Duke Kaboom's kid unboxes him on Boxing Day. Or Rajon or something. Uh, oh, Rajon. Rajon. Yeah. yeah. Rajon. Fucking Rajon opens Duke Kaboom mm-hmm. with the commercial in his head that he's going to be able to launch him so far. Yeah. And he can't even get the little ramp to yeah. go over the little hoop. Yeah. So That was Rajon. tragic. So like Rajon like fucking like toss him aside. Done with him right then and there. Yeah. But I love how Duke Kaboom never forgot. Rajan. Yeah, Rajan. You never forget your first kid. That's what they say. Mm-hmm. Never forget your first kid. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Man, he kind of sucks though. I feel like Andy would have still played. Would would have still played with him. With Dukeaboom, I would have played with Dukeaboom. Me too. I would have made him like go as far as he could across like the room or something. Yeah. I think Rajan also fucked up because he only did it twice. But we see that in this movie, if you do it enough times. Duke Kaboom can go pretty far. Yes. So, maybe Rajan did it twice because of the commercial, and he was like, defective toy. I don't play with you anymore. Yeah, pretty much. He was the real sorry, villain of this movie. Rajan was a villain. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, he's still in Duke's head. Yeah. Like, like yeah. when Duke's like trying to like do like the stunt, it's like, his, like the kid's face is in his mm-hmm. head. He's like, Rajan. <laughs> You know, I wanted to tell you guys, like, so, I don't know if you remember this, right? Keanu Reeves plays Duke Kaboom. Mm-hmm. Do you guys remember the time? It was, like, a Keanu Reeves, like, renaissance. <laughs> he was, like, beloved. He was everywhere. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, he, he got announced for Cyberpunk. For Cyberpunk, yeah. He was not, yeah. And no, you're breathtaking. Yeah. Was and there a John Wick movie that, around that time? John Wick came out right? in 2014. And then John, John Wick 3? 3? Might have came out. John Wick three might have came out. Yeah, for Ooh, sure. Yeah, and that one was pretty good. The whole like the whole series of them was were really good. Yeah, I but I feel like Keanu Reeves around that time, like maybe a few years before then, especially in twenty nineteen, there was this weird like 
renaissance with him where he was kind of around but i feel like his story came out of like how cool he is and he's like oh yeah he had like a sucky life up until like this point but like it kept him humble and stuff so i don't know if you remember like how much of a big deal it was that he was announced as kaboom in toy story 4 because like people went fucking crazy Mm -hmm. because of that just because like everyone loves keanu Mm -hmm. i remember seeing like i don't know if they'd be memes but just like circulating that he still lives in like a very humble like new york city apartment yeah and he still takes the subway and, like, yeah. i remember talking to you about that because when we were seeing toy story 4 and i was like i was i was one of the people that was hyped of keanu mm-hmm. but yeah it, it is interesting because um I, I feel like people still like keanu reeves but he's not talked about as much as he was in like 2019 and stuff oh yeah yeah i think cyberpunk left a bad taste in people's mouths but that's another story yeah um but let's talk about the villain i would say of this movie which is gabby gabby yeah i don't even know if you could call her a true villain no it was that was like a weird dynamic that like i guess for not watching toy story 4 until like the last time it came out like or from when it first came out. Like, yeah, like, I forgot the whole story with her. Like, yeah. yeah, it was kind of evil that she wanted the voice box and everything like that. But, like, That it was, was pretty morbid. for, yeah. That gave me chills when they were, like, looking at his voice box. Like, they wanted to harvest his organs. Yeah, no, literally. Like, they wanted the to go squid game on him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> that, like, that gave me chills, for sure. <laughs> but she, I guess it wasn't with, like, too many bad intentions, I guess. Yeah, it she was weird. Because they didn't want to kill him. No. no. She wasn't very malice about it, but it it is weird just with Gabby Gabby because she is trying to take something that's not hers. Mm-hmm. And forcibly at that. Yeah. I feel like she tries to reason with Woody, but she does put him in a position where he has to give it to get something he wants as well. Yeah. And she's got this, like, very cold disposition to her. Like, she is running, like, a mob, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, all right, can't get my way. It's like, Benson, you know what you gotta do? But she doesn't she doesn't do anything, like, um, with Lotso, right? Lotso, we see how he goes out of his way systematic corruption yeah to systematically like (laughs) torture toys and put them in like the gestapo yeah (laughs) no i I might disagree because um bo peep had very she had a very bad taste in her mouth towards gabby well they didn't say she was bad they were just like oh she's creepy or something yeah i think i think it was lots of ran the daycare Mm -hmm. and i think gabby kind of has like kind of like you know, she has, like, the posse of Bensons. Yeah. So I feel like she could run the, like, the antique shop, but she's not, like, you know, like, making everyone's life, like, hell. Yeah. She Maybe, had, like, seniority, I think. Yeah, I feel like, mm-hmm. basically, it's like, if the other toys wanted to do anything, they would have to slide it by Gabby first. Yeah. Or just go, like, do it out of her, like, eyesight. Like, she's not going to go into the pinball machine and fuck shit up. Yeah, like, all the other toys seem like they're still having a good time. It's not like Gabby's going around doing stuff. It almost seems like Gabby's kind of like, like, the Karen of the group, where they're a little, like, (laughs) (laughs) Gabby kind of sucks, but she's not that bad. Yeah. Right, Gabby was just, her whole thing, yeah, was, like, she was deformed, so mm -hmm. then she 
went defective out of her, Nadia. Defective, Jesus. right? <laughs> but like she just wanted to be loved like everybody else. She mm-hmm. was almost it was almost like a just like a jealousy thing. And, and then, then she gets Forky to kind of because like on the way back to the RV, mm-hmm. Woody opens up to Forky, which then Gabby gets to learn all of that from Forky. No, it was yeah. fun seeing them be besties. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. That yeah. was fun. She, like, cradles Forky at one point. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's a weird image. Yeah. <laughs> we never see her mistreat Forky. Exactly. Mm. They even fix Forky. And, like, she doesn't do anything to him to get any information out because Forky kind of just says everything anyways. Mm-hmm. So it is weird having her as this villain. She does come off as, like, slightly villainous in the beginning, but only because of the voice box mm-hmm. and she really wants that it almost seems like she sees an opportunity and she wants to act on it before anything happens yeah she's more or less like blinded by um like greed yeah and finally like yeah. being loved by like a child yeah like like the missed opportunity like mm-hmm. she said like you know she was made at the same time as Woody mm-hmm. and Woody is probably he Woody seems like he might have had another owner before Andy, maybe Andy's yeah. dad, but Andy was, you know, the ultimate child. Yeah. So, like, hearing about that, he's like, oh, here's another toy. Maybe mm-hmm. me in the same factory. She brings it up, possibly. And then she doesn't get the same love and attention. So, yeah, she's probably just, like, blinded by the times that she wanted. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's almost a mix of Lotso and Stinky Pete, where, like, Stinky Pete never had a chance to play, get played with anyone. But, and then became cold while mm-hmm. she just kept longing for it. Yeah, because um, Gabby Gabby is... We see her that she has her box and her original stuff with her. But she's out of the box. So it seems like someone took her out at one point, noticed that she was defective, and then like donated her or got rid of her. Yeah. So because yeah, get... I think she said that she was defective out of the box. Out of the box, yeah. So we get like that Lotso element where she was like abandoned. But she doesn't seem to be, like, bitter about that, mm-hmm. like Lotso was. Yeah, in fact, she's, like, hopeful, you know? She's mm-hmm. hopeful that she'll eventually get the chance to be, like, played with and everything. Mm-hmm. With Harmony. Yeah. With Harmony, yeah. Because I feel like she tries to plead with Woody towards the end. She's not even, like, trying to, like, send Benson's out after him. He's, she's just like, can we just agree that the ultimate goal of a toy is to play with a kid? And, like, make his, like, life better. And Woody's like, yeah. It's like, you've had your chance. Can I have a chance now? And he's like, she's pleading with him to, like, just give her something, right? Give me your heart, Woody. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like Woody, when he does decide to do it, it is almost like um, he does it because he's trying to get Forky. And he's not doing it essentially for Forky. He's doing it for Bonnie. Which is, like, another thing that's, like, Woody is, like, a parent that would do almost anything for their kid. And, like, give up, like, an organ. Yeah, he gives up, basically, like, his kidney for her body. He's, like, giving up his voice. I feel like that's kind of symbolic. It is. Yeah, because it's, like, well, I feel like most parents would say, like, if they could do anything to, like, if, like, a kid has something, like, they would do anything to, like, help their kid out. Even if it means, like, something harmful to the parents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I almost want to relate, like, Pixar's relationship to Toy Story with Woody like, mm-hmm. in his, his voice box. Yeah, because I, I since, like, Toy Story 4 is essentially Woody's movie. 
we do, we get the cast in this movie, like the rest of the gang, but they don't do a lot of stuff. No, they're because they're like background. Yeah, and we get Woody and the new characters, and we get Buzz for a little bit. Yeah, but Buzz is like third fiddle in this movie. Yeah, he's he's a himbo in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. So this is really about Woody and like Woody finding a new purpose, and I like when um. Woody is arguing with Bo Peep about Forky. And she's like, why do you care so much? And he's just like, it's all I have. <laughs> and, like, that was pretty sad at that yeah. point. Where it's like, he's no longer the favorite toy. Bonnie essentially does not care for Woody anymore. But Woody is still holding on to, like, this, um, f- like, um, purpose that he feels like he has to fulfill. Yeah. In order to be happy. To, like, to make Bonnie happy. Yeah. And, like, I like when he says that, and then Bo Peep's like, oh, so the rest of us don't matter? Because mm-hmm. she has the, like, opposite viewpoint where she's like, why be attached to one thing where mm-hmm. ultimately you're going to have to just find a new owner, and you're going to have to do this or that to, like, keep that purpose alive? Mm-hmm. While she moved on, essentially, to, like, retirement. <laughs> yeah. I feel like they both have similar ideas of what happiness is but different ways to achieve them where woody is like i want to be with this one kid and her bo peeps happiness is like she wants to play with all the kids so she like she doesn't want to be attached to one person but she wants to be like out there and still like help kids out but in her own way mm-hmm. because of that like kids do grow up and then like they end up just abandoning you anyways but might as well like be there for them like she's like almost like she wants puppies versus like taking care of like an old dog <laughs> it was like the way i saw bo peep yeah she's a foster mm-hmm. <laughs> essentially right she has like a foster parent versus woody is like a traditional parent yeah yeah i could see that damn this movie's about adoption <laughs> <laughs> and forky was the kid <laughs> forky has the question <laughs> no one weird so i guess kind of the different take did you guys think that woody like this movie started out with woody not doing this for bonnie but doing it for himself Mm -hmm. oh yeah i feel like it started like that you know i feel like he's he had nothing to lose at that point Uh so him putting himself in the backpack was almost for him to be like recognized as like the hero like i got bonnie Mm -hmm. through her first day of kindergarten or like the orientation of it or whatever Mm -hmm. and i feel like yeah as the movie progressed on and woody just had again it was another he had nothing to like lose at that point Mm -hmm. and he in the end yeah did it for bonnie Mm -hmm. and realized yeah like again the whole purpose to serve his kid and everything like that still wants to feel like he's needed yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah because boy he was like the mayor of like andy's room mm-hmm. you know and now when he tries to redo that in bonnie's room dolly's the mayor mm-hmm. yeah she's even called the mayor by yeah bonnie so a lot of the toys like you know Ooh. like because you have bonnie's toys and then you have like the andy's toys now they're woody's gang you know you know um i don't know if this is intentional or if this is like subconscious about Toy Story, but Toy Story 4 definitely tried to play to the element of, like, women in power a lot more than any of the other movies. You mean they were pushing the female agenda? And... Mm, How dare they? No, but I want (laughs) to say it's because of John Lasseter. 
and how John Lasseter was like, it's well known that he um, was. He was weird in the office. Weird in the office. Women. A lot of sexual allegations. Yes. Towards all the women pe- staff at Pixar, and like, it it's been known that women have not really had a good time at Pixar ah. up until this point. So I I wonder if this was like almost a, like a please forgive us. And, like, they were trying oh. to push that even oh, further. Oh, he was trying to cover his ass. Because <laughs> at this point, John Lasseter was gone. Yeah, this is, like, because, like, it's directed by a completely different person. Yeah, it is directed. Oh. So, like, this is more like oh, a, they were hey, cleaning now, it up. now that yeah. he's yeah. gone, like, here's what Pixar can do now. Yeah. Kind of I, were... I feel like they are leaning that way in general, though. Like, they you know, are. Incredibles, too. You know, you got um, Elastigirl as the main character. Yeah. yeah. So, got, female uh, protagonist, exactly. Yeah. I, I feel like, I mean, you could argue against me, but in Coco, I feel like the head of the family is, is the is know, the woman. The I woman. feel like there's a point in Pixar where we start seeing more diversity and more um, women like in the forefront mm-hmm. with starting. Or even turning red. Yes, exactly. Like where I feel like all of those would not have been present with John Lasseter still in charge. Oh, for because sure. if you, there's like a a point in Pixar where it's like. All the protagonists before that were either like, not not because Woody's not like a white male, but he is essentially portrayed by a white male, and it is a man's point of view. And there's a point in Pixar where it's like it starts changing. We get Coco, we get yeah. Luca, we get Turning Red, we get all like these other movies with like either females are in charge or it's like it is more diverse yeah. in nature. Because like we had we had Brave, but that was like it. For yeah, that Pixar. was like kind of a flop. Yeah. yeah, it was a flop. But like that was like their like first like female lead, in a way. Yeah, and, but, I, and I'm not sure if it was kind of like like a flop, or if it was just kind of like you know like the reason why like they like kind of like shifted gears away even, from it. Even if you see Brave, it's obvious that Brave was made by a man because it's like. Look at these women can't get their emotions in order. That's why it was yeah. a fucking flop. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's so. just kind of like a overdone story of like the woman doesn't want to get married, but everyone thinks she should get married. And yeah. yeah. And the dad's cool, but the mom's not cool. That's right. Yeah. Mom's like, just it's do just it. It's been done so many yeah. times. And I'm not saying this is confirmed with Toy Story Four, but I feel like that's what they were going for because they're like, it's okay, guys. We got rid of him. Yeah. <laughs> this is our like like are sorry like yeah. please accept it it was a lot of yeah it was a lot of people kind of like coming out and being like yeah mm-hmm. women are cool too and like <laughs> well think about even going back to fucking avengers the mm-hmm. infinity war i believe yeah. it was infinity war yeah that had, had the, the whole women, women scene. scene that lasted way that was... too long they had mantis in there it's oh. like what is she gonna do oh, that, was, that, that was endgame <laughs> or endgame oh, it yeah. was so then it was the same year anyway mm-hmm. No, I know what you were talking about, though. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like, and I don't know, I've read this from a few people that maybe Woody is also... uh, The patriarchy. No, he's also, like, a substitute for John Lasseter. And, like, since Woody is John Lasseter's baby, essentially, he made him. And, like, some, some say, like, Woody is, like, based off of John Lasseter. So since John Lasseter is leaving, it's like, Woody is leaving with him. And it's like, that's why we're getting rid of him. That's why they did full... They took away his voice. It was like They took away Lasseter's voice. Holy shit. It's like complete closure. Oh, I get the purpose now. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, but that's just a theory. (laughs) 
a film fair. <laughs> Can I say that? Copyright, <laughs> copyright. Cut it. <laughs> yeah, that that's what I was um reading about. Like, uh, damn, what? that's that's pretty interesting to think about now. Oh my gosh, that makes this like again. It makes so much more sense now. Like, I mm-hmm. just wanna, yeah. Oh my gosh! Even just being a theory, like it changes my perspective on this movie a little bit more. Yeah, it, it is kind of crazy. It, it it's just crazy to think about, like, because it, it is like such a problematic thing. It's like most companies have like someone problematic in charge at some points, like we saw with Blizzard and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it it is crazy how Pixar, this like beloved childhood like factory almost had someone like that for the longest time and he was also put in charge of a lot of disney stuff too mm-hmm. so yeah it is and crazy not only that they gave the voice to a female character they did they like um it was like it's almost like oh in order for like females to be empowered men have to give up something for them because they had the spotlight yeah they had the megaphone for so long it's time to sit down, Woody. Yeah. And give your badge over. Yep. Yeah, no, you could... That makes sense. Or especially if you think about Bo Peep, how she had to, like, leave her lamp, like, realize it's just an accessory and it's not, like, an important part of her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She had to leave the home. Yeah. You don't have to be, you know, based your worth off of, you know, your, your beauty. It, it, <laughs> yeah, right. it's like you don't have to be tied down to what people think you're supposed to do right you could be anything you want to be Mm -hmm. exactly yeah i was listening to um an interview with annie potts which is um the voice actor of bo peep i don't know you guys are familiar that much with annie potts no she's um she is the secretary in ghostbusters oh okay and she's in a few other roles and stuff but she was talking about how if it feels awesome doing this role because whenever she goes into, like, stores and she sees little girls with, like, this Bo Peep and it's, like, yeah, women empowered. And it's, like, Bo Peep is now the cool character in this movie instead of just being, like, the damsel in distress or, like, a Barbie-esque character. It's, like, the true cool hero of this movie is Bo Peep. And, like, it, like, really, like, brightens her up and stuff. And she almost didn't do this <laughs> movie. Oh, <laughs> man. Yeah. But, um... Yep, so they got her back on board for Toy Story 4, which I guess they, they were, she was told that this was always the plan, but I'm glad that she is back. She does sound a lot older, too, though. Mm-hmm. They gave her those signature uh, wide hips. Yeah. <laughs> that was an upgrade, I'd say. Truly the sexual awakening for many kids. Oh, yeah. Like, wow, Bo Peep makes me feel things. That's right. Yeah. I, I do like Bo Peep a lot. Another character that sounds a little older, Jesse. But is that the same voice yeah, actress? Yeah, okay, okay, yeah, she sounds a little bit older. Yeah. You can mm-hmm. tell when she does her yeehaw, it's a little grand. It's a little I grand. love John Cusack. Oh. Yeah. Great. Yeah, there's a. And, like, I know, like, at this time, uh, Mr. Potato Head's voice actor wasn't around. Yeah. Mm-mm. So. But uh, I like how we still do get, like, one last. Uh, Mr. Potato Head gag with Rex knocking all his pieces out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the only line he says. I think so. Yeah, we get a little bit of Mrs. Potato Head when they're doing the GPS thing. Yeah. But we don't really... I don't think we hear Slink. 
No. Maybe at the end when he's saying bye to Woody? Yeah. Or, like, if at some point in the beginning it's just more like everyone's talking, maybe. But that might be it. You know? Yeah. They were really, like, second fiddle. Like, this movie was clearly not about them. And they really put that in their place. But, yeah. So, like, it was was weird in that regard. But once we hear more of... Oh, sorry. Oh, no, I was going to say the same thing. You were that, tr- that not Trixie. <laughs> Sorry, Bonnie's toys were more highlighted. Yeah, they are. It, it is almost like Andy's toys are like the old folks. It's like they're getting retired, which is, I feel like, why they did all those old comedians as cameos in the closet. Because, like, now Andy's toys are the ones that are retiring. And, like, Bonnie's toys are, like, the new fresh ones that they're going to be taking over. Yeah. yeah. So, if, like, they do continue with Toy Story 5, we probably wouldn't see a lot of Andy's toys anymore. No. Yeah, maybe Jesse yeah. and Buzz, but that's about it. Well, clearly Buzz. They're making a Buzz Lightyear movie. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I don't know if they would ever do a Toy Story 5. I, don't, I feel like it'd I be I really weird. hope they don't. No. I don't, I, there's a lot of talks on, like, they might. Ugh. But, like, if, it, now, if they made it about uh, Woody again and on the road with Bo Peep, that would be, like, probably their best bet. No, I don't Cause, like, know. Because this movie proved that you could have, like, Bo Peep and Woody mm-hmm. take center stage, and it was pretty fun to watch. Yeah. It'd just be weird to call it a Toy Story movie without, without the toys, right? Like, I get it. Like, you follow the story of Woody and all that fun stuff, but again... No, it... I feel like Woody's gonna be, like, the cool, you know, or, or Woody and Bo Peep will be, like, the cool aunt and uncle that, like travel and have more money than everyone else yeah. <laughs> if, if it does i don't think they'd be the main character if, if they know. do make a toy story 5 where it's like they don't follow the traditional story of like a kid and their toys and stuff like that and it does follow like woody or something or even like introduce a whole new character that would be cool it would be like a new toy story yeah it would be neat yeah i guess to follow like even i mean if they did go back to like a different kid or anything but just kind of create a different storyline with new toys mm-hmm. or like the toys that are like out now you yeah. know what i mean it'd be definitely something interesting all right ready anyone at pixar that wants to steal this go ahead you start with a prototype toy you know like when they take them into meetings and stuff like that and they're like trying to pitch mm-hmm. that toy i want that toy to meet it's like market model that would be really funny Kind of like if they brought in like the prototype and then they get approved and then like the actual toy gets made but it's like a different style and stuff like that like versus like the Buzz Lightyear we get in the store versus what the like mock-up would have been like mm. I think that would have been pretty cool what kind of we... like, like like a wooden Buzz Lightyear talking to the plastic one what if we get like a Back to the Future 2 part where it's like Andy has grown up and has kids now and like Buzz finds Woody on the road it's like Woody we have to go. It's about Andy's kids. That's <laughs> so cheesy, but I would watch it. Yeah, I guess that's what happens when you grow up with like a uh-huh. series. You do like I don't know. Even this movie coming out ten years later, I was like, oh fuck, I have to watch this because yeah. I watched them all. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, I feel like they could have done that if if Andy took Woody to college. Yeah, I want to ask you guys. Uh, and put everyone else in the attic. So let's say Andy graduates college, goes back to visit Bonnie. How pissed would he be to know that Bonnie lost Woody? Because Andy specifically said, this is my favorite toy. Take good care of him. And it's only been a year and, and he's, he's gone. 
Bonnie immediately was like, cool, uh, I don't like this toy. Oh, my heart. I, okay, so... Because he was going to take Woody to college. Oh, my heart. So, like, don't want to be that guy, but, like, you, you trusted a child. It's your fault. Just saying. I know, but there was a con- there was an understanding. There was a connection. No, agreed. Yeah. Agreed. She's a child. It's like it that she whole. Wasn't, <laughs> she wasn't even in first grade. No. <laughs> it's like I, that whole last I'm, segment, like, and then you're gonna continue with four, like it just it's like it was worthless. It's like if you have a kid. <laughs> but that's like how kids work, though. Like they yeah. bounce on and they move on from stuff. And I totally get what you guys are saying. But if Andy got mad, I'd be like, he's in the wrong. It's like if you had a kid. And your kid's like, I don't know, having a hard time at night or whatever. And you're like, here, this is, this toy helped me when I was a kid. And like, it's going to help you now. And you leave and you come back and the kid like immediately like ripped off its head. Oh <laughs> it's my like, God. I would like, lose it. Yeah, right? Yeah. You would Putting hate that. Putting up for adoption the next morning. <laughs> I, I, I just can't help but like ask that question. Where it's like, how would Andy react? Oh, he would probably be really sad. Yeah, you think he would like, he would slap Bonnie. He's like, how no, dare you? She goes to jail. Especially <laughs> because if he comes back, all the other toys are still there, just not Woody. The <laughs> one toy he specifically yeah. said, please take care of. Oh, um, I would be so upset. I would ask the question, too. why the fuck is Andy visiting Bonnie? <laughs> <laughs> to see his toys. I... <laughs> Joint custody. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. If he did that, I like I'd be like, um, you can't, you can't come to my house. Yeah. No, no, dad. Nick's got a good point. I remember when I gave like my sister my DS Lite. It was a beautiful pink DS Lite that I kept mint for so many years. I had the same one. And then I gave it to her, and she like snapped it in half within like a few months, mm-hmm. and it's like dangling by like mm. a cord and the screens barely turn on and i was like so upset i'm like that ds light was perfect like that encapsulated my like later childhood years do, do you think bonnie would notice woody was gone no no, no definitely no. not because it's like no, because novel- every time forky went missing woody went missing yeah and she only cared about the fucking forky. forky yeah there was a point where the mom was like oh your toys are here and she only grabbed forky yeah yeah that, that is kind of like, if Andy does like, what happened to Woody? And she's like, I don't know. Who? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's been a year. Oh. Like. Andy could, Andy should have just kept. I know. Really I would like, should've. I would like to have seen a movie mm-hmm. where Woody's in college. <laughs> oh my god. At college parties and That'd shit. That'd be great. Oh no, I would love to see a movie where he, he does have like a family of his own though. And then Woody's part of their life. But maybe in between we get like a montage of his life in college. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. That would be perfect for me. Pixar, give us a Toy Story multiverse. Just like, <laughs> just what is it when you like go back on what you did in a series? Mm-hmm. What's that called? Retcon? Yeah, they should just retcon Toy Story 4 <laughs> and do something else. They should just give us a what if series with Toy Story. With Toy Story. I, I know those. The world of Toy Story is very fun. Yeah. So I feel like if they were going to do anything else with it, I don't know. Hard for them to mess up now, but now this is like the, like, this is it though. If they made another one and mm-hmm. it was like shitty, everyone's going to be bad. Oh yeah. No, so, they honestly should just leave it alone. Yeah, they should stop. <laughs> this should be it. So uh, since we talked about like Andy's toys might just be 
gone if they do decide to make a new Toy Story movie. How do you guys feel about the new toys, um, Bonnie's toys? I like them. Yeah? I yeah. think they're fun. I like them, too. I like how Buttercup is, like, just wanting to get the dad arrested. That was oh, yeah. that was one of the few jokes of the movie that I remember. Because only, cause this is the second time I watched mm-hmm. this movie. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things that stuck out to me. I was like, wait, he wants to get the dad arrested. And yeah. it, it, it's kind of like comes out of nowhere. I remember, yeah, physically laughing like in the theater at that whole little like small little little plot line. Yeah. <laughs> when did they first bring that up? Um, when they were talking about how did they delay Bonnie's parents from driving away. Because I was re-watching that Toy Story 4 and in that part where they're down there and he's like, we could just try to get dad thrown in jail and he's and um dolly's like stop try stop suggesting that so it (laughs) seems like he keeps doing this throughout the years yeah Yeah. like i I think maybe because like so so trixie is the dinosaur yeah that that bonnie has and she's like in love with the internet you know so maybe buttercup was put by the TV and the mom was watching like investigation discovery and he was like oh my god this is awesome yeah it's, it's almost like what did buttercup see that he wants to get rid of the dad yeah. <laughs> what did the dad do yeah to be do like... you think the toys if just left you know like Bonnie plays them in, in like the living room and then goes to daycare or school mm. or whatever and then the dad comes home with, like, a mistress. Oh. One of the wife's away and stuff. And then the toys see everything. Oh, shit. <laughs> I, I was like... gonna say, just, like, kicks the toys or something. Maybe. He did yeah. step on Woody. Yeah, yeah, twice. That was hilarious. Yeah. That Almost looked moment. intentional, if you Where he just kind of yeah. blew on his thumb and boop. His head popped back. <laughs> the horn. Yeah. I like how at the end when he finally does get pulled over and Buttercup's like, Dad's totally going to jail. It's <laughs> <laughs> a giggling, he's like, yes. Yeah. So, uh, Buttercup's cool. I like that it's like a unicorn, but he's like a dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Mr. Pricklepants. He's, he's cool. The, he's the theater kid. I don't want to be the baker. <laughs> I was born to play the pet shop owner. <laughs> I feel like Trixie for me is my favorite like new toy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like the voice. The yeah. voice actor is really she's, good. Yeah, she's cool. Um, Dolly, kind of whatever. Yeah, she's the Woody. She's just, you know. I, I like Dolly. I feel like Dolly's voice matches the look very well. Oh, yeah. 100% agree yeah. with that. But kind of, eh, whatever, really. Yeah. And then, what other toy does Bonnie have other than those? I think those are like the main ones, the right? The four, yeah, I think that get highlighted. And actually get like big voice lines. Big and, enough. And quirky. Four, yeah. We didn't see the um, Peapod this time. No. No. Well, I, I don't think they're like main toy material. No, no. They're not RV material. Um, Buzz. Why is Buzz so stupid in they this movie? They made him so dumb in They this made movie. him dumb and they gave him no screen time. Like at all. And yeah. that made me so upset. I know he learns about a conscience, which like he doesn't even understand the full reality of. This, that, which is... His How does he voice. not know that by now? But like, the thing like, is, though, why is he listening to his buttons all of a sudden? Because now he now he fully realizes he's a toy, right? Yeah. So he must understand that all his buttons are pre-programmed. Are yeah, are like just sayings, like how Woody's string yeah. is like the fucking because Buzz thinks lines. Buzz thinks that Woody's inner voice is his pull string, so Buzz is like, this must be my inner voice, but that's like a year like 
three, your one conversation that Buzz should know what an inner voice is by now. This is like 20 years they've been together by now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's so many deeper themes in like the past two movies. Yeah, that, yeah there's no way he just doesn't know what an inner yeah, voice is. Yeah, like Buzz is. by this point is like emotionally intelligent. He should know what this is. And it feels like Buzz is like acting like the first year again. Where he just came out of the box and learning everything. Because they don't know what to do with this character. I think we said this last episode. Mm -hmm. Where where they're like, what do we do with Buzz? It's like, oh, it's really funny when he's like not a, when he thinks he's a real person. Because he almost gives up his cover right away when he presses the button and everyone's sleeping. And then Woody has to like take him down to the steps. It's like, why would Buzz do that? He knows that makes noise and that's going to alert people that they're alive. Yeah. It, yeah. It like sucked. It did. I hated I hated that whole plot, yeah. The only thing I thought was really funny about Buzz was when he's trying to, like, figure out, like, what to do and he keeps hitting his button and stuff like that. Yeah. And the parents are like, how do you fucking turn this off or whatever? <laughs> and then, like, they're putting him in, like, the, like, the like, drawer and he's just like, your backpack's at the antique store. Let's go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you left your backpack at the antique store. And, like, and it's like, why is no one in the RV concerned that there's, like, a man in the cabinet? Yeah. Like, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's not Bonnie saying that. No. <laughs> I would be pretty scared if, like, a toy just, like, said a very distinct line like that. Yeah, very, like, specific because, yeah. like, Because, what? like, it's one of those moments where, like, wait, did I just hear that right mm-hmm. kind of thing? <laughs> And, like, I would say if the dad didn't hear it, the mom was holding the fucking toy. Yeah. So she obviously must have heard. Unless she was more, like, mad yeah. in the moment. Because, you know, when you get frustrated and, like, you kind of, like, don't pick out mm-hmm. details. Yeah. But, yeah. I think Bonnie, like, repeated it, which I guess yeah. helps. Yeah. But still, he said it very clearly. You know what's a theory of why Buzz is so stupid? So he was reset. So in Toy Story 3, it's known that Jessie knows how to put Buzz in Spanish mode. What if she's done that so many times to Buzz? Because that turns Jessie on so much. She's so by this. Yeah, she brain damaged Buzz. <laughs> oh, no. she, she ruined his chipset. She gave Buzz too many lobotomies. So now, like, Buzz is just like blinking with one eye again oh my gosh that's so oh my gosh does that mean the new like buzz lightyear movie is just gonna be like all in his head maybe oh yeah, he's just comatose yeah oh my gosh i would like that at the end of the lightyear movie it's like buzz lightyear watching it a lion king one and a half moment yeah yeah that'd be cool oh buzz is just like in the theater he's like now that was a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> or like, the, or like, Bonnie has all her toys like on like mm. the like couch, and they're watching it together. Yeah, I think that'd be really cute. Little tie um, all in. Another thing I want to talk about was uh, why does Buzz and Woody? How do they keep getting new phrases throughout the movies? Like, oh, with yeah. their posters yeah. and everything, it was like, where did that come from? Woody gets like three new phrases. Like we've yeah. never heard of before. And Buzz gets a shit ton more because he keeps pressing those buttons. What do you know? It's it's DLC. Right. No. Yeah. Woody downloaded it on his pull string there. Yeah. Plugged it into the computer. Mm-hmm. You're ready to go. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. there was a couple points where I was like... That's oh, new. What? Yeah, that's new. I, I don't like that they keep adding stuff instead of just reusing stuff. Because we were watching that video right beforehand with um, Tom Hanks saying he couldn't even remember all of the lines. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's funny. I 
I was trying to look for, yeah, like, certain consistencies mm. and everything to see what stayed through. And, yeah, like, the yeah. lines was totally one of them. Did he have the stitching in the arm? He did. Still? Did he? he? did, yeah. Okay. I was looking for that. That was, like, the first thing I was staring at. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell. It, w- it was hard to tell in the beginning mm-hmm. with the flashback. Yeah. So I don't know if, like, mm. I don't know if they kept it. I know they should have, mm-hmm. but it was hard to tell. I was trying to stare at it. Um, did you have a talking point that you want to hit up? Oh, I feel like we actually kind of hit a lot of them. Like, I was going to say with Trixie, I, I really loved it when she was, like, voicing the GPS. Yeah. I did have a gripe with it where, um, I'm like, is the GPS just so happened? Like, does it just so happen to not connect to the internet very well at this point? Or, like, so, oh, yeah. They, so I mean, I, I know had... they were messing with it. They could have unplugged it, but I feel like that just stops it from charging. It doesn't stop it from, like, connecting. So I had one like that that they had, basically, where mm-hmm. it plugged into the car. Mm-hmm. And, like, and it had, like, preloaded maps on it. It, didn't, it wasn't able to connect to the oh. internet. But this is 2019, where everything's on the internet. Right. So. Also, but the ARV was a little bit on the older side. It was a rental. So maybe the rental had old te- like older yeah. tech yeah, in it, like maybe. you were saying. Why don't you recognize your GPS voice changing? Yeah. As you're driving. Yeah. And the I GPS would... is like, no! No way, they're boomers. <laughs> they're boomers yeah. and or maybe just sleep deprived after the kind of day that they had. Maybe. I do like how Bonnie has parents. Like, it's yeah. not just Aunt, how Andy just has, like, his mom and stuff that. Like, it's like, oh, my God. Well, they had time to animate another parent. They yeah. did. They were, <laughs> yeah, they weren't lazy and didn't want to not animate Dad. The Dad looks more detailed than Mom. Yeah. Yeah. By the mom lot. reminds me of, like, the um, Inside Out Mom kind yeah. of. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. You know what's a crime? That um, Bonnie's dad took the whole day to change a tire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, he's not a man's man. Mm-mm. I guess. Uh, did you guys have any points that you wanted to hit up? Not everything I want to talk about was that up, huh? Yeah, honestly. Um, I guess the last thing I wanted to talk about was um, the locations of this movie. So we have, like, the RV, which is kind of a location. But the carnival and the antique store. Which, by far, are the most impressive locations of all the Toy Story movies. Because mm-hmm. the antique store has so many, like easter eggs and there's so much shit that they had to anime and stuff yeah and especially the carnival with all the moving rides and stuff that was like one of the most impressive things i saw agreed yeah i think this one was more like uh like technically and visually like mm-hmm. amazing yeah um i still think that my favorite location throughout the whole series will ultimately be uh the daycare yeah just because I like the plot revolving around that way more. Okay. Um, but, like, on, like, a technical aspect, I think, like, yeah, I definitely agree with you. Like, there was just so much happening with, like, the carnival and uh, the antique store. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, this movie was almost made for that reason. To mm-hmm. show off, like, Pixar's animation and, mm-hmm. like, their new systems that they've been using and everything. Yeah, it's like every single Pixar movie is like a new tech demo for something. Yeah. I loved the end credits to this. Like, from everything from the, like, kind of melancholic song to just how, like, it was, like, phased Mm -hmm. out, faded out, like, the carnival rides and everything. Like, the lighting. Like, I loved, like, the bursts. It was so cool. And it was just so clever. And very, again, it had such, like, a melancholic feel. And I was just like, aw. Yeah, I like, um... Uh, Newman's new song in this mm-hmm. movie. 
the I can't let you throw yourself away. Yeah. I think uh, anyway. I think this this one had the best uh, music variety. Yeah. Yeah. Because like you get the you got friend in me mm-hmm. kind of played like periodically throughout the movie, but you get in the beginning with the montage of Andy growing up with his toys. Yeah. And then you get the new song, and then like I liked a lot of, like the background music. I think this was probably my favorite. So we're watching these movies pretty consecutively. Are you tired by I Got a Friend in? No, no. I love that a song. Classic. Yeah, it's classic. Okay, now like I, you know, if I listen to it like right now a month on all the movies mm-hmm. I watch, I'd be like, all right, yeah, because let's like, go over this. I wasn't too tired of it, but at that point, I was like, hmm. It's like, you could use a different song. That's like, okay, I get it. It's like a staple of the franchise mm-hmm. to use that song. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, before we, like, end this discussion, I did want to talk about... Um, we talked about Gabby Gabby a little bit, but I wanted to talk about how her ultimate, like, end, like, end and, like, what happens to Gabby Gabby. Oh, my gosh. When, like, Harmony finally picks her up and realizes her voice box is working. Yes. So... S- she ends up trading voice boxes, or I guess just keeping a voice box, because Woody gets just sewn up very roughly. Yeah. He doesn't get a new voice box. They've done some stuff in that thrift store. Clearly. Yeah. And Gabby Gabby is ec- ecstatic right now. She's like, I have a new voice box, and finally Harmony's going to love me. Harmony's the one. She's like, all I've ever wanted. It's time. And when Woody and Forky are escaping the antique store... Forky stops, right? He's like, no, no, we gotta watch this. And this, like, beautiful moment of, like, the light's just right. Gabby Gabby pulls her heart, um... Goodwill. She pulls her, like, a drawstring, right? Yeah, yeah, Harmony. Who? No, Gabby does it first, right? Oh, Oh, to get her attention. To get her attention. Harmony goes up to her. So, like, literally, Gabby Gabby's not even on the top level anymore. She lowered herself to a different level so Harmony could pick her up. Symbolically, letting herself, like, tearing down her walls a little bit. Mm-hmm. Letting herself be a little bit more vulnerable now that she's not on top shelf anymore. Gets picked up by Harmony. Like, they're looking into each other's eyes and it's, like, very beautiful. The music is swelling. And, uh, the grandmother's like, oh, you could take her home if you want. And there's like a pause and it's just like, this is it. This is Gabby Gabby's moment. And she's just like, mm, man, and drops the doll. Mm-hmm. It's like, that was almost a, when Andy drops Woody into a trash can moment. Mm-hmm. But Toy real. Story 2, but real. Because she's like in the light. She was like literally in the highest high and now she's on the ground, essentially. So like, she really fell from grace. I knew what was going to happen, and it still got me. It's, I was still, like, gasping. I'm like, oh, how could she do that? That was one of the only points in the movie where I was, like, almost tearing up, but not really. Mm-hmm. But that was definitely, like, the saddest part. Yeah. And she's then, like, like, Woody tries to come over and console her, and she's, like, so upset that she doesn't even want to like acknowledge that embarrassing moment that yeah. she just had. Like, you have your voice box back. Mm-hmm. That was the saddest moment, and um, Woody tells Gabby he has like a heart to heart with her essentially, but like she's not the only kid. There's other kids out there. There's a kid named Bonnie out there for you. So he's willing to like share his kid with this doll that essentially stole something from Woody and like 
caused this like last day to be another nightmare for him. Yeah. yeah, he definitely has a significant like change of character from the first movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, this is like his big selfless mm-hmm. moment. Like he's out here to help the toy, not for his own benefit, mm-hmm. not for really anybody's, but yeah. Gabby Gabby's. Which I think that causes the what happens at the end of the movie to be even more impactful because even up to this point, which is like. 10 minutes before the movie's over, he's still being selfless. He's not doing anything for himself. He's still doing it for Bonnie, for Gabby, for, like, everyone else but him. So when he finally decides to do something that's going to make him happy, it's like, good for you, Woody. Like, I'm glad. So when they leave the antique store, they see a crying child, and they do Operation Winter Winter Chicken Dinner to lure that crying child to Gabby Gabby. And Gabby Gabby finally gets her kid. And when Woody is about to join his friends, he's like, no, I'm going to stay with Bo. Bo." Did you guys notice that, so like in the flashback, when Woody has his hands on the box, that he's going to jump in with Bo, Uh it does like a similar callback to like, he's about to like climb down. And it's like his like fingers are and like the it, like the camera pans down to them and stuff like that and I was like, oh he's staying like that was like yeah. I do remember the first time I saw them we were like, oh my god he's gonna actually stay with Bo I thought that was really sad but like really yeah. like but like heartwarming it was More yeah sad. it was like a bittersweet kind of thing I think they tried to make it like the first time watching it I, I do remember like crying in the theater and stuff like that when it like pans over all the toys mm. and everything that you grew up with but like. In this time, like, watching it again to watch as Andy's toys there kind of played second fiddle the whole time anyway. Yeah. It wasn't as impactful. Like, it panned over, like, these were the toys you grew up with. These were the toys that were barely in this movie. So yeah. it's like, no, whatever. I, I did actually shed a tear when the crying child picked up Gabby Gabby. And Gabby Gabby's like, she says something like, you're my friend. And then she just, like, embraces her, and she's, like, all comforted, and she yeah. has the confidence to approach, like, a police officer to help her find her parents. It's very yeah. sweet. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I actually cried a little bit, even though I knew that was going to happen. Because the kid's like, are you lost, too? So like, But no, I didn't cry when it panned over the yeah. Andy's yeah. toys. You know what I liked was when Buzz is like, she'll be okay. Bonnie will be okay. Yeah. And it's just like, that, that was sweet. And I like how none of the toys are... S- like sad or crying or like upset that Woody's leaving, mm-hmm. they all like they accept all it. No, yeah. Because like this is your time, which is also like maybe them, like that they themselves are accepting that this is also their time. Like they're gonna be second, they're gonna be gone soon too. Because like we all agree that like it should just ended at Toy Story three. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like this time, like the way it's ended, it's mm-hmm. like. We settled our affairs. The mm-hmm. gang is not split up, but like one of the two main people that you grew up with mm-hmm. is no longer here anymore. Mm. Like, let's end it. You know, like mm-hmm. there's so many like ways to like reinforce. Mm-hmm. But Bonnie will be okay. You know, like a wood. You know, like that pan of all the toys. Like kind of like this is the last time you'll see them, kind of thing. Last time Woody mm-hmm. will ever see them. Like, move yeah. on already. And I think they, like, hit it, like, six, seven times in this, like, really short segment. That was, yeah. like, if they made a five, I'm, like, I know we said to talk about it, but, like, it would kind of suck. 
Yeah. Like, oh, come on, really, guys? You guys did such a good job on three, and you reinforced it in four. That's mm-hmm. over. It's over. Like. Yeah, I, I it's it's weird because it's like, I don't know. I I feel like this movie, like Toy Story three, we've agreed is like the perfect ending. But I think Toy Story four. Yes, it is a little unnecessary, but I feel like it fits its purpose of like closure for a lot of people. Where it's like, now we know that's like Bonnie will be okay, Woody's gonna be okay. It's like it does like reassure a lot of people. That's like, this is it. Like they're in good hands now forever mm-hmm. to infinity and beyond. Yeah. Um. Did you guys want to do our rankings now, or do you want to do it after the break? Doesn't matter. I'm, yeah, I'm okay with whenever. Okay, well, let's take a quick break. We'll head up some trivia, and we'll give you guys our top five Pixar movies. Right. Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, welcome back to some Toy Story trivia. All right, guys, so here's some trivia for you. Among the myriad items on shelves at the antique shop, Bing Bong's Rocket from Inside Out and Ellie and Carl's house from Up can be seen. I don't know if you've noticed those. No. Oh, okay. Yeah, there were a few ones that I noticed. The one that I really noticed was, um, I guess it wasn't really in there, but it was like when Woody pretends to be holding the phone. And that's like, I don't know if you've ever seen those really old Mickey Mouse phones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, that was kind of cool. I noticed the like grape soda cap. Yeah, the grape soda cap from Up. Yeah. That's when the sheep are bringing it to Bo. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, so Duke and Boom is inspired by real life stuntman Evil Knievel. Yeah, Evil Knievel. Right down to his Canadian garb, spoofing Knievel's red, white, and blue costume. But it goes further. Knievel's motorcycle toy was advertised on commercials like the one seen in Toy Story 4. Most with the toy performing impossible feats that set expectations that the real thing could never match. Inspired from 1975 Evil Knievel Rally Stunt Cycle. And... The Duke of Boom toy is first featured in Jack Jack's crib in Incredibles 2. Oh, how yeah. That? That's yeah. cool. I feel like they old Pixar always does that where they like they set like, something up. Yeah, for like the next movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you brought up that um, Lotso is in Up. up. Yep. I think Finding Nemo was in, in Monsters Inc. too. Yeah, it it's was. It's in Boo's room. The, yeah, the little the compass toy. Mm hmm. Tinny from Tin Toy makes an appearance in the pinball machine and Bo refers to him by name. Just like in a short, he has no dialogue and only lets his instruments speak for him. Mm-hmm. So here's something that I really like is when we first see Gabby, Gabby and the Bensons, the music played on the phonograph when the dummies are introduced in the antique store is Midnight, The Stars and You. The same song played over the final scene of Stanley Kubrick's version of The Shining. Oh, shit. So I feel like this is, like, maybe the second time they reference The Shining in the Toy Story universe. Yeah. Yeah. I guess they really like The Shining. I guess Toy Story does like to, like, teeter into the horror (laughs) genre. Yeah, Yeah, there's a couple more um, Easter eggs and stuff where, like, they do reference a lot of, like, horror movies and sci-fi movies and stuff. Also, each Toy Story movie is slightly terrifying. Yeah, I guess so. <clears throat> uh, speaking to Norton, Tom Hanks revealed voicing the latest and perhaps last Toy Story film was especially emotionally exhausting, saying, It was terrible. 
I started recording Woody in 1991, and each film takes about four years. It was my very last session, and when I said the last line, they said, Okay, great, thanks. And just like that, 24 years was over. All I could say was, Oh my, oh my, over and over again, and my bottom lip started quivering. I got in my car and drove away from the music, drove away with the music playing and the creds rolling in my head. Finding the voice were tiring, he said. I never began a recording session without wishing it was already over. Woody is clenched all the time. It's exhausting. That's so sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is sad. I know he cried during Toy Story 3. Mm-hmm. Him and Tim Allen. And when we were watching that interview earlier and he was talking about Toy Story 4, he was also kind of crying in that because he, like, didn't want to say that it was over. Yeah. But oh. I think he's also happy it's over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it is, like, a tiring role because, like, Woody is always super tense and, like, mm-hmm. high-strung. Yeah, very true. Um, When asked what was the process of finding the character's voice for Forky... Tony Hale revealed, it doesn't hurt that most of the characters I play are pretty confused. They're all lost and haven't found their place in the world. Forky is no exception. His understanding of his purpose is that he's made it to eat food and then go into the trash. And it's Woody that says, no, you have a bigger purpose. If you think about that, it's a beautiful statement. I talked a lot about Forky's aimlessness and how new everything to him is. He doesn't know anything about being a toy and all the rules of the world. Um, Gabby Gabby is a not too popular chatty Kathy dolls from the mid 60s mm-hmm. so she's not an original character which I feel like none of the villains are really original toys Lotso is also a spoof mm-hmm. um, Randy Newman wrote the song I Can't Let You Throw Yourself Away as a support for anti-suicide oh. yeah oh I could see that mm-hmm. man they're really like looking at this millennial humor and being like haha it's not that funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, for sure. Uh, oh, in the first film, after Buzz shows off what he can do, Bo declares, I found my moving buddy. Here, when the two re- reunite, Bo affectionately refers to Buzz as her moving buddy. It's when, like, they're hugging and embracing each other. Yeah. When Woody first reunites with Bo Peep, her sheep bring her various items they scavenge and they think they can use. One of those items are the grape soda cap and safety pin from Up that Ellie used to pin to Carl, to uh, pin the cap to Carl's shirt. The soda cap pin becomes hugely important to Carl, and at the end of the film, he gives it to Russell as a token of his appreciation and friendship. Bo Peep has zero interest in the soda cap, but separately praises the safety pin. Hmm. Huh. And I think that's all the trivia I have. So. Let's rank... First, let's rank our Toy Story movies oh, in order. Right. I feel like we're probably going to agree. Okay, so I'll start first with the Toy Story movies, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, it has to be Toy Story 3, 1, 4, and 2. What about you, Mia? Hmm. I, I think I agree with your ranking. 3, 1, 4, and 2? Yeah. I guess I'm conflicted between two and four. Because four felt unnecessary, but it was entertaining. Mm-hmm. But then two just has, like, a lot of nostalgia for me. So it's tough. Okay. But I'm just going to agree with your ranking. Yeah. Okay. What about you? I think mine is three, 
two, four, one. Ooh, okay. Mine is also three, two, four, and one. Ooh. And so, mm-hmm. and so, like, I would put them all, like, they, they're all fantastic, mm-hmm. you know? Like, nowhere are they going to drop below a nine ever, mm-hmm. you know? So when I put, like, Toy Story 1 on the bottom, it's only because I think the the later movies just outdo it. Yeah. But one is necessary to Get. like them so much more, you know? Because, like, you need, like... I don't know, because, like, Exposition. when you... Yeah, and you grow up with the characters and stuff like that. That's why 3 hits so hard, and why 2 could be so nostalgic, and why 4 is still relevant and stuff. So, like, 1's not bad. Mm-hmm. So, putting it at the bottom, it's not bad. I just think everything else... what It takes what 1 gave it, and it runs with it. Yeah. yeah. It's still a classic, though. So, what, like, rating are we giving 4? Ooh, like... Well, yeah. let's, do, let's do that one later. Oh, okay. Give your final thoughts. Sorry. Um, no, it's okay. Don't rush it, Mia. Jeez. <laughs> I, I do like how um, we all like Toy Story 3 the most. Because when I was doing some like research on it, a lot of people hated Toy Story 3 when it came out. They did not like that movie at all. I think like when Toy Story 3 came out, my initial feeling was that it wasn't needed. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And then Toy Story 4 came out, and then I'm like, this also isn't needed. Yeah. <laughs> it really wasn't needed. But, um, so now let's rank our top five Pixar movies. So we're going to start from number five and work our way to our favorite ones. And once you give out what uh, movie you like, give like a little reasoning as to like why the movie is special to you or why you like it, okay? Okay. So how should we start this? Let's start with you, Nick. Okay. So, so what's your number five? So my five is weird because it's like nearly a tie, but it might change depending on rewatching a movie. So it was up. Okay. But we just recently watched Luca, and I think that just squeezed in. I, I haven't seen Up in years. Okay. And the only reason why Up is in the top five is because of such like an emotional feat that it is you Mm. know um but after watching luca i don't know like i like the themes in luca i like the characters a lot and stuff like that the animation is really fun so i think it squeezes by into the top five spot you know what's funny about up is like the first time i saw up it was at school um in like the all-purpose room for like a hot minute and I left right after Ellie died. So for the longest time, I thought Up was just like a short film. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it wasn't until I, like, I realized, oh, it's a full movie. So I was like, yeah. So Up's your number five, for no, sure. No, Luca is. Oh, right Luca's now. your number five. But like, if I rewatch Up, it might change. Oh, okay, so why do you like Luca? Why did it beat Up? I just like the themes of like Luca. Like, okay. I don't know. I like the, also the characters are cool. Mm-hmm. Um, the setting is really fun. And I like how, like, small the story is, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. it takes in this, like, little tiny town and stuff like that Mm -hmm. where everyone kind of knows each other. These two little kids come out of, like, the woodworks. Mm -hmm. And, I don't know, I like the idea of, like, the the whole acceptance theme across the board of being different or, you know, just, you know, not being like the rest of the town and shit. I like that. It was cool. Cool. So, Nadia, what's your number five? Yeah, actually, funny enough, it's Luca. And Copycat. No, wow. no, I swear. Good thing I no, went first. Luca bumped 
Monsters Inc. out of it for me. Because I had oh. the same thing after, yeah, we watched Luca, I think, on Sunday. And I was like, oh my gosh. And for literally the same reason. I was always kind of like a different kid growing up, too. Yeah. So it was like, it really hit, like, yeah, when everybody kind of came to accept terms with them being different. Mm-hmm. And that everyone kind of ended up just being okay with it. Pixar yeah. really just asked Nadia if Italians have feelings. And Nadia's like, they do. They do. <laughs> they do. I... I'm really, I'm really excited to see what your other four are because Monsters Inc. got bumped out of the top five. Right? That's, yeah. that's so, nutty. So my list is like, I feel like my list um, is pretty nostalgic for me. Mm-hmm. But uh, so it means they're not actually good. They no, just... they are good. I, I thought about <laughs> it a lot. So my number five is The Incredibles. That's uh, your number five. That's my number. It was hard. Get out of here. Yeah, number five is The Incredibles for me. I feel like it came out. Had the perfect time for people our age. 2004, superhero uh, like superhero movies weren't too much in the mainstream yet. Best years of my life. Yeah, it's like <laughs> a year away from Batman Begins. Um, Spider-Man was like still relevant. I don't know if I should spoil my list or not. <laughs> don't do um, it. <laughs> but, so, yeah, The Incredibles, I feel like it came out at the right time for me. Um, I mean, what's there to say about The Incredibles, right? It's like... A perfect mixture of a superhero movie with spy movie elements to it. And at the time, I also liked Spy Kids a lot. So I was like, the music, <laughs> the action, the story, it's all great. So yeah, Incredibles is my number five. Mia, what's your number five? Okay, well, my number five is Monsters Incorporated. <laughs> <laughs> that movie's so good. <laughs> um, yeah, that also just came out. You know, at a really nostalgic point in my life. And I love all the moving doors. <laughs> it was definitely a visually, like, pleasing movie. I've always liked it as a kid. Monsters, Inc., yeah. yeah. That was, yeah. like, 2001, so early. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same year as Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah. That was a good movie. I feel like I've rewatched it a few times, and it still holds up for me. So, that's going to be my number five. Mm-hmm. Nick, number four. Okay, so my number four is Monsters Inc. Mm. Yes, I love that movie. I I probably have seen it like well over a hundred times. It's like the, it used to be like rivaling Toy Story two growing mm-hmm. up, but like as I got older, like other movies just kind of like pushed past it and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But yeah, I, I mainly because I always drew like weird looking like monster characters growing up. And like I and when you see all like the monsters in the movie, how none of them look the same as each other, I was like, oh my god. Yeah. Like you know, it's not just humans, and they all look the same kind of thing. So yeah, the it, world building in that movie it was is so amazing. Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially for like early Pixar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, my number four is Toy Story Two. Ooh. Yeah, I can't believe it actually climbed down on the list because if you asked me maybe two weeks ago, I think Toy Story 2 would have been like number two, like up there somewhere. But I love like its themes and everything. I think watching more Pixar movies and everything, I definitely feel that there are stronger movies than it for sure. Mm-hmm. But it will forever hold this like nostalgic place in my heart. Does that mean the rest of your list Toy Story movies? Oh, we'll find mm, out. We'll find out. Mm. Um, my number four is, I don't know if you guys feel as strongly about this movie as I do, 
But it's Finding Nemo. I was hoping nobody had Finding Nemo I, on their list. I love Finding Nemo, dude. <laughs> Finding Nemo was... Okay, so Finding Nemo came out at a time where I was in third grade. And I remember this because this was a birthday movie for me. Mm-hmm. I, my dad asked me, what do you want to do for your birthday? And I said, I just want to go to the movies. I want to watch Finding Nemo. And at this point in my life is what I started to realize that how much I loved movies more than like doing most other things. So I was like, I don't want to go to Chick E. Cheese. I don't want to like have cake or do anything else. I just want to go to the movie theaters and watch this fish movie. <laughs> Finding Nemo hits all the beats for me. It has a sad intro. It has a single dad. <laughs> versus like, I feel like at that time my dad was separated from my mom. So mm-hmm. I was like, a perfect movie to go watch with your single dad. <laughs> And it has a father-son bonding moment. It has Crush and Squirt, one of the best Pixar characters. And I don't know. I feel like this just really um, started everything for me. For, like, yeah. appreciating what movies could do and, like, how they could make you feel. And, like, it also made me, like, respect, like, how much a parent could go for a kid. You know? Like, what they're willing to do for them. What's your number four? We didn't talk before this about our list, oh but mine is also Finding Nemo. <laughs> <laughs> like, once the movie, you know, they played that Sinatra song, the, like, somewhere <laughs> beyond the sea, and, like, <laughs> my heart is just like, yes! <laughs> I love, like, I feel like it's very visually pleasing. Maybe I have to rewatch it, and, like, maybe it's bad now, but... Finding Nemo's super quotable. Yeah. Oh, my God. Finding Nemo's the most quotable. And, yeah, it is very stunning, because it's all in water. I love the water. Like, right before that, never seen a movie that takes With place in water. water. <laughs> and, like, so much of it. Does does either of your lists contain Finding Dory? No. Mm-mm. Okay. Definitely because not. I was going to say, Finding Dory, like... like that's bottom tier Pixar. Kind of yeah. tainted mm-hmm. a little bit of the Finding Nemo in no. my mouth. Mm-hmm. Finding Nemo was so great, especially like the seagulls were like mine, 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 mine. I think Finding Nemo was just so overplayed, like in my family, because yeah. that uh, little when kids, that movie came out, yeah, was they the watched time, that on loop. It was the time that there were actually quite a few little kids in my family, so mm-hmm. that was the movie that was always on at my grandmother's house, and I was just like. Oh, I'm so sick of watching this. I can't. Get Luckily, sick of I didn't have little kids taint the movie for me. <laughs> I do remember I went with my friend. She had like this babysitting job, and like I just came with her one time, and the kids literally just watched Finding Nemo on the loop, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I love this movie. I'm so glad I don't watch these yeah. kids. It's one of the most quotable Pixar movies. Like, oh, you made me ink. Yeah, yeah like... I love the little kid humor, like which would have been perfect for me mm-hmm. at the time, where it's like you gotta touch the butt. So, yeah. yeah. That's the funniest thing ever. <laughs> All right. So, Nick, number three. A Bug's Life. Oh. Deep cut. Deep fucking Early cut. Pixar. Early Pixar. Um, it was always in my top five ever since I was a kid. I love it. Mm. I love that movie so much. And when, when we were moving, when we are clearing out my mom's house and stuff like that, it was sad, but mm-hmm. we found all of our old VHS tapes and VCR and stuff like that, and we watched Fox and the Hound. So we cried a lot, That's a and sad then movie. I, f- and, and in a room with uh, Nadia and her sister, they fell asleep on me, but I put on 
a bug's life. And I, I remember being so tired. But, like, halfway through the movie, I, like, perked up. Cause I was like, I gotta finish Bug's Life. And I remember thinking to myself, like, when the fuck did I last watch it? And probably I haven't seen that movie since I was, like, before I was an adult. Mm. Probably, like, early teenager. So almost, like, ten years later watching it, and I still loved it. And I was like, sick. What's your favorite line from Bug's Life? I'm a beautiful butterfly. <laughs> um, or just whenever the ladybug speaks. Yeah. Because <laughs> you oh, look yeah. at it and you're like, you're a dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Naya, number right. three. My number three is Coco. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I love Coco. It's definitely going to make the list. I was, it's a very emotionally drawn movie, like in every aspect. I was very fortunate in my life and I haven't dealt so much with loss and everything. Mm-hmm. So that theme like wasn't it wasn't too I guess hard hitting to me, but like I guess the overall like how the characters, how it impacted the characters and everything mm-hmm. like that, how that goes along, it just uh it really hit hard and I will always cry like a baby at that movie and I feel like it's long overdue for another watch and to have a good cry with it. And I just love the colors of it and everything. And that's just my complete personality is just colors everywhere. Mm -hmm. I feel like just the general theme of mortality affects literally everyone. Yeah, for sure. It's, again, truly a deep cut, like, for everybody. Um, Yeah. My number three is uh, Inside Out. So, Inside Out. I remember very vividly the first time I saw this. It was me, two of my friends, and my uh one of my friends nephews and niece we went to go see this remember the short was i lava you mm-hmm. beautiful short but inside out i feel like even though it it's a kids movie like all pixar movies i feel like inside out was one of the first few movies that i saw that i realized what pixar was about and i realized that they're not only made for kids but also made for adults mm-hmm. and as an adult watching this movie it really made me like realize how i feel things inside and it personified a lot of things so it was easy for me to grasp certain feelings and like why i remember certain things because they were core memories you know never heard of that concept before of a core memory (laughs) everyone's heard of it now yeah now that was a thing right and i love how in that movie they do a thing at the end where it's like core memories don't have to be one emotion but they could be fused it's like you could have a sad and happy core memory at the same time. And that was one of the first movies where I was like, I was crying at the end of the movie. I hear my friend's little nephew is sniffling. <laughs> so him as like a little five-year-old also understands and could relate to like this movie on an emotional level. So like it hits all like bases. Mm-hmm. So Inside Out was definitely my number three. Awesome. Okay. My number three is Luca. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I enjoyed it too. I, I like what you guys said about it being kind of like a smaller movie. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the little world they made, made felt really intimate. And um, I really like, you know, how they ended it. I don't know if we should talk about spoilers. Right, right. But, <laughs> but no, I get what you mean. But I like, I don't know, I like how they explored the kind of almost like diversity. Like... Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, we're all living together in this community. We might not realize it, but, you know, we all kind of like working together. 
Mm-hmm. All right, this is the hard-hitting ones right here. Here we go. All right, number two is Coco for me. Oh. Wait, are we on number three? No, no. number two. Yeah, I start. I started. I already said my number three. Oh, am I? Am I the last one? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, got it. God. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I picked Coco. Um, I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't too big into like the musical movies till like later on until now you started showing me some mm-hmm. of them and coco was just amazing everything about it just amazing and then like uh after watching it and then uh nadia explaining like frida colo and mm-hmm. like her art being like fucking crazy and shit like mm-hmm. that and just like i don't know like just like the themes and stuff and then like after seeing coco i met like your family in like texas and it was almost like i don't know kind of like a fun little like not like intro but like it was cool you know like this like very like spanish inspired movie Mexican culture. yeah it was cool i don't know yeah. i liked it it was really fun and frida Kahlo. oh frida Kahlo. <laughs> whatever coco colo colo all right nadia number two my number two is toy story three <laughs> i knew yeah it had to make the list it especially watching it again even for just watching it two times in my life it's just such like an impactful movie mm-hmm. and i like we were out to dinner yesterday and i was like still talking about it and just like oh my gosh like being an adult watching this movie just made me feel so many things mm-hmm. <laughs> and just the themes again were so impactful and just will i think forever just stick with me yeah uh my number two is also toy story 3 Whoa, yeah. really yeah i but you're such an anti-Toy Story boy. I, I think doing this series really made me reevaluate and, like, look at Toy Story franchise in a whole new light. Where it's, like, it might not be my favorite franchise of all time, but god damn it, is Toy Story 3 not a perfect movie? It is. Oh it is. It's uh, like the perfect enclosure. Like, everything yeah, is amazing. I, I love Toy Story 3. I love everything it did. I think it hit all the marks when it had to. Um, and it is one of those movies where it's, like, Toy Story 3 and all, like, the subtle, like, subtext and everything that's involved in it really does spark something inside of me where it's, like, it reignites my love of talking about movies and, like, talking, like, when looking back at that episode, it's, like, that episode was over two hours long because we had so much to talk about with Toy Story 3. Yeah, and it was so much fun, right? (laughs) Yeah. Guys, this is like if if we watched Star Wars with, like, Nick, and Nick was like, yeah, um, Star Wars 4 is my second favorite movie (laughs) among the Disney movies. (laughs) I I think Toy Story 3 could almost work as a standalone movie. Oh, I think it could. Yeah, Yeah, it was the one, right, where you didn't necessarily need the introduction as to how people got there. So, uh, number one pick, Mia. Uh, Number two, sorry. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's Coco. Mm. It's just, it's just so good, and um, it definitely. I can't rewatch it often because it makes me cry. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a yearly thing, like an annual. Like I will just pick a day and just watch Coco mm-hmm. just to cry, and just like, just like remember me. Of course, <laughs> of course. And, like, it almost feels like a meme saying it out loud, but when I really think about it, I'm like, I don't want to be forgotten. It's like, I guess I don't have to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, like, kind of comforting feeling. Mm-hmm. 
even though dying is really sad. Mm. But yeah, Coco's my number two. <laughs> All right, Nick, bring us home. All right, so number one for me would is gonna have to be Toy Story three. Okay. With uh, my list was very different before we started Toy Story month. Wait, Nick, is Toy Story two in your top five? No, <gasps> it's not. <laughs> but it's it's because like I said, I'll always love that movie and stuff like that. Oh uh-huh. yeah, this yeah. But after rewatching, it's not. Oh. Um. I was wow. also also like when I was counting up with this list, I was like, damn. There's some movies like, I ultimately like. It's like they're not bad. They're mm-hmm. just like not in the top five or whatever. Like Wally, fucking classic. Yeah. And then like a movie that like I was like afraid to like like. But, like, thinking about it again, I kind of want to give it another watch just to see where I would actually place it. I kind of want to watch Onward again because it came out at such a weird time because, like, the pandemic and shit like that. And, like, so, like, I, I kind of want to give that, like, another like. But, like, I don't know. I'm not liking it. But, yeah, Toy Story 3, best Pixar movie. I think they nailed everything that Pixar is ever about. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it should have ended there. Agreed. Agreed. My number one is actually Inside Out. Inside Out came out at a time, well, it was a year after my parents announced like they were getting divorced and all Mm -hmm. that fun stuff. So my emotions and how I felt and everything were so awry and just everywhere. And I remember going to the movies with our friend Cabbage. It was just me and him and we just went... Because we were both just downright depressed. And we were just like, we're going to go watch a movie. And we went and saw Inside Out. And remember coming out of there, we were hugging each other. We were sobbing. Wow. Because we were just so like, oh man. Like, being sad is like, it's totally okay. And it just totally validated how we felt in that moment. And that memory has just stick, stuck with me, like, forever. Mm-hmm. Forever. And it was, it's just so, it's a core memory. Like, it's so important to me that and then i love the idea of how you said it how they like personify like mm-hmm. these emotions and like these memories and feelings and like disney and pixar does such a good job at explaining such adult themes t- mm. to kids you know what i mean that yeah. you can't explain it any other way it's perfect yeah man inside out's so good it is so good that definitely deserves a rewatch Ugh, of I, course it's it's funny because like i like never really got to sit down and watch that movie mm-hmm. it was like put on the kids were around and then like i couldn't finish it because like it got turned off or i had to go do something mm-hmm. and so i pretty much like had to skip out on that movie for like a long time mm-hmm. i probably didn't watch it till like 2018 2019 it felt mm-hmm. like and like at that point like i was kind of like it's good but like i was just like i feel like if i watched it earlier when it came out it would have hit me so much harder yeah yeah Probably. All right. So my number one is Coco. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course it's Coco. So Coco. Good. Where's I all have, Coco fanboys here? Yeah. I have so much to say about Coco, but I'll try to keep it short. Uh, one of the gripes that I had with Coco was when I and it's not even about Coco. When I went to go see Coco, I saw it opening day, or opening night, I suppose, and that twenty minute Olaf short at the beginning of it fucking what a waste of fucking time i remember it felt like an eternity it did did. i remember everyone in the theater was like did we watch the wrong movie or like what's because it it wouldn't end 
And then remember, they had to apologize, and they ended up removing that short <laughs> for, like, future showings of Coco. I don't think... Did I see Coco in the theaters? No. no. So it, I don't even know what the fuck no, you're talking about. I watched about. Coco at my mom's, sob, uh, went home, threw on Coco again for him and Addie. <laughs> and we, I'm just like, you guys need to cry with me. And Addie's sitting there. Addie is, like, this eight-year-old little kid now. Mm-hmm. She had to have been, like, six maybe, and she was like... Oh, that was like really good and nick's over here crying yeah. it was just a mess but i feel like coco i love coco so much for so many reasons but it's like coco's one of the first moments where i was like oh my god my culture my people it's like shown for the first time in like wide release by a huge company and it just brought so many eyes on like this beautiful culture okay. and like I feel like uh, people always question me growing up where it's like, why do you guys celebrate death? Or like, why are you guys happy and stuff? It's like, because yeah. we're, ce- we're not sad about them dying, but we're celebrating their, their life, life and everything yeah. they've, they've done. And it's like, and it's such a beautiful message to show to everyone. And I feel like as someone who's like, I feel like I've always had like this issue with like death and like confronting it. And Coco really like, because growing up, you hear about all these stories about, like, the afterlife and, like, what it is. And, like, you hear all this, like, we had an ofrenda at our house every year. Mm-hmm. So, like, this movie really kind of, like, it made me, like, explore that and, like, realize it's, like, this could be real. Or, like, this is something that's, like, beautiful and, like, should look out for. And, like, my mom even gave me my own, like, I live here. It's, like, a little oh, pig. Mm-hmm. So, like, I have my own, like, guardian animal when I die. It's like this little pig that's gonna take me. That's <laughs> awesome. That's cute. Yeah. No. So I I really like Coco. Yeah. And oh my god. I, like, and like just like you said, like it did like your culture well and mm-hmm. stuff. But like that's the that's also like the big thing. It did it right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I have not heard anyone say like it did it. It didn't do it justice. Yeah. You know. Dude. You know, like there might be some gripe you have with it, mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. it ultimately did not like be like oh. I can't believe I'm attached to this or like, you know, or something. Like you know? misrepresentation. Yeah, yeah, misrepresentation, yeah. They took so much care up until they're like even with um Miguel. That's the name, right, Miguel? Mm-hmm. Right, like his um fingers when he's playing the guitar. Like they did so much like detail work on that and like what when you're watching him that's actually someone playing it. Like yeah. if you followed his like finger movements that you could actually play something out of that. Mm-hmm. And like grandma Coco when you realize that who she is and she's like mm-hmm. the little girl yeah. to like the song remember me or un poco loco it, it just and it's like the first picture movie that has a musical mm-hmm. yeah so it was like revolutionary at that point and when i went to go see this in the movie theaters i was sitting next to a family it was like a mom a sister and like a teenage like a maybe like 13 year old kid when the movie started this kid was like this he was very angry to be there. Cross-armed. Yeah. He was like, I'm too cool for kids' movies. I can't believe my mom dragged me to this. Towards the end of the movie, this kid is bawling his fucking eyes out. So, like, I love how it pulled on this, like, grungy tween heart. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, made him realize how beautiful this is. Yeah. It changes people. It does. So, come on, Mia. <laughs> okay, well, my number one... Will probably never change. It'll always be the Incredibles. I knew it. <laughs> I know it wasn't in everybody's list, 
<laughs> I'm glad it was at least someone's number five. <laughs> but, but I love it. Um, I feel like that, like, sometimes when I rewatch movies, like, enough times I just get annoyed and I don't like it anymore. But this is one of those movies where I feel like whenever I went to my dad's house, like, I would go see him every other weekend. Um, I feel like that movie was just on a lot for some reason, and it was super comforting to me, and it was always awesome. And I didn't always like going over there, because I didn't like my stepmom that much, but when that movie came on, I was just so hype. I'm like, and just like, where they're, when they're on the island with like the volcano, and like, where the waterfall opens up. God, this is so cool. I think it was just like a coolness factor for yeah, me. Yeah, it was like a, it's very badass too yeah. in comparison to what other movies, you know, like either we get like the princesses and they get all the fantasy. No, yeah. this one was just straight up like, super I, I, cool. The first few times I watched it, I had no idea like what was going on in the main character's heads of like why Mrs. Incredible was so like wondering if her husband was cheating on her or something like that wasn't going through my head uh-huh. I'm like I don't understand why this montage is happening but I love this movie you know, <laughs> I, I like how The Incredibles really shows like the dynamic of family life and yeah like, that was it, it. family it's, values it's like the, the nuclear school. family yeah that got superpowers yeah, I and... got super attached to those kind of movies too cause like many American children my parents were divorced but they divorced, like, when I was, like, four. Mm-hmm. So I've never had that nuclear family. But when I saw it, like, represented on TV, I was just, like, it was, like, a fantasy for me. Yeah, and yeah. I like how it's, like, even though everyone's super-powered and it's, like, you would love to be, like, in that family, you could, they still show you that even though they're incredible people, they still struggle with, like, everyday things. Yeah, yeah. Right. I feel like, I mean, I know it's Pixar, but I feel like Disney does that a lot. But I don't know, just the way they did it. In this movie, really got yeah. me attached to it. If everyone's super, no one is. Yeah, <laughs> this is true. Oh so my yeah, God. that is my number one. So we all had Coco. Mm-hmm. Did you have Toy Story three? No, yeah. but honorable mm-hmm. mention. That was my number six. Oh yeah, what <laughs> is what is everyone's honorable mention? Number uh, six. Wally. Wally. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Maybe my number six would probably be The Incredibles. (laughs) Surprisingly, my number six was Ratatouille. Really? Oh my gosh, we just watched Ratatouille pretty recently, maybe last summer. It's not as good as I remember. No, it really wasn't. It was fun, but it was like, whatever. I I like the the whole thing of creationism, (laughs) and like, he's able to create something, and like, just when you describe this like beautiful thing in your head with like swirls and like fireworks, I think that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. Something about a rat in the kitchen made me like take it off my top five. No, <laughs> so it is it is fun to watch though. Like him like pulling Remy's hair. Yeah. <laughs> or no no no, Remy's the rat. Yeah, yeah. Linguini. Linguini's hair. Pulling his own hair. <laughs> I, I thought you were gonna give us a hot take, and I thought you were gonna put cars in your top five. For oh my reason. gosh, I wish I did that now. No, very, I would be lying though. I'm very happy no one had cars, any of the cars in their top five. Cars was in my top ten. <laughs> I'm trying to think of other like weird, forgettable ones. Was the Good Dinosaur Pixar? Yeah. Yeah, Good I, Dinosaur was never in my seen it. top fifteen. So, so the three movies I did not see. 
is Good Dinosaur, Soul, or oh. Turning Red. Yeah, I didn't see. So, or Encanto. Oh, that's or, Disney. Oh, that's Disney. Oh, you're right. I was saying, I have this like tier list thing. It gave mm-hmm. me all the Disney, all the Pixar movies. But yeah, so those are the ones I didn't see. <clears throat> I enjoyed Soul. And ones I want to rewatch, I want to rewatch Onward and maybe Inside Out. And I was going to say, when we talk about what our next movies are going to be, mm-hmm. I wanted to interject with something. Okay. <laughs> but, but I'll get to that. <laughs> I, I, I also want to rewatch Onward. I remember not liking Onward I remember, at all. Yeah, I remember it kind of being like, whatever. But yeah. it was because, like, quarantine, pandemic. Like, my mm. mind was everywhere. So, mm-hmm. like, sitting down to watch a movie that, like, has, like, a very strong, like, almost, like, personal connection to myself was just kind of like, I don't want to watch that right now. Are you fucking mm-hmm. kidding me? Like, fuck that, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it was almost like, you know when you go to the movies and you're like, you shouldn't see a, a movie on this size screen. You just never <laughs> see it on this screen. <laughs> that was me with Onward. We were watching Onward and it's like, we were watching it on, like, this tiny monitor. And I think people were, like, vacuuming or, like, doing something. So I was like, there's yeah. loud noises. And I was just like, I wasn't into it. And I think that really affected my viewing of Onward. It's like, <laughs> I wish I had a chance to see this in the movie theaters. I think it would have changed my view. That's me with Inside Out. I liked Inside Out, but I also just saw it like on a small in a on a small monitor, probably on like a hot day or something, and I couldn't really like get into it. But I know it's a good movie. I just I feel like I need to rewatch it. The only ever the only time I've ever watched something on a small screen where I'm like that was a good movie because I saw Get Out on my phone. While I was waiting for you out of class one day. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> what, a, what a movie to watch. <laughs> and I was like, this is a good movie. <laughs> um, but let's get into our uh, final thoughts on Toy Story 4 before we wrap this bad boy up. So, I guess I'll just go first. Um, Toy Story 4. Man, what a movie, right? I think I gave Toy Story 3 a 10 out of 10. Toy Story 1, I gave like an 8.5 out of 10. Toy Story 2, 6.5, I think I gave it. I think I had to give Toy Story 4, like, a 7.5. Oh, so more than Toy Story 2. Well, yeah, you said yeah. 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 You said Toy Story 2, too. Um, Toy Story 4, or I do believe it is unnecessary. Um, I think it, it fulfilled its purpose. I don't think it um, really degraded anything. I don't think it ruins the trilogy for me at all. Well, except that um, Bonnie lost Woody for Andy. <laughs> yeah, I have a gripe in every Toy Story movie, though, so yeah. I can forgive it for that one. Because it is just, like, an unanswerable question where it's like, you you will never know what Andy thinks. Um, maybe Woody finds Andy, I don't know. Mm. But, yeah, it's, um, I feel like I already kind of said most of how I feel about this movie. Uh, I do like everything that it did add. I love Ducky and Bunny. I think Duke Boom was a really good addition. Especially after, like, Michael Keaton in Toy Story 3. I was like, how are they going to up this? So, like, Keanu Reeves in it automatically makes it amazing. But yeah, I think I think it's a solid movie. Uh, I won't rewatch it really anytime soon. Mm-hmm. But I also don't hate it. <laughs> yeah, it's a good movie. What about you? I feel like this gives me, like, similar amount of, like, viewing pleasure as Toy Story 2. Because I, even though I don't think Toy Story 2 is, like, the best one, it still makes me happy to watch it. Like, it still holds a special place to me. So I feel like I'm going to give it the same rating I gave Toy Story 2, which is an 8.5. You have Toy Story 2 and 8.5. I'm pretty sure I did. I don't know if you guys remember, but I think I give it an 8.5. I can't remember numbers. Mm. That's okay. 
No, I'm going to say that. (laughs) I think Toy Story 4 is pretty solid. I think I agree with that statement, that it doesn't ruin the trilogy. I know it wasn't necessary, but upon rewatching, it has definitely went from bottom to third. (laughs) So, yeah, um, I give all of them like at least an 8.5 or a 9. And so I have to give this one probably like a 9. I, I thought it was really good. I liked it. And uh, just like I said with the other three, you know, Toy Story 2, 3, and 4, they took the base of one and they really expand upon it. And this one is like, I don't know, did it again. So, job well done. And I like all our theories of talking about what might have happened with John Lasseter. Yeah. And, like, has kind of elevated the movie. So, upon when I watch it again, hopefully I remember all those. Yeah. And I'll think about more of, like, the new representation of the Toy Story universe. Yeah, totally agreed on that. Yeah, you can't, you can't agree with me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You but, can't like Finding Nemo. <laughs> you know what? I quit. No, but no. I, in all seriousness, I think I gave three like an 11. Two, I gave a 10. One, I gave maybe like an 8.5, I think. And then this one, I probably yeah have to give it like a 9, like where it is totally just it didn't need to happen. I'm happy it did. I was, like, very contemplative all week because I'm just like, oh, man. I'm like, did I really enjoy this? Like, was it, I just wasn't sure if I liked it or not. Like, even after the credits rolled and everything, and I'm just like, because it wasn't necessary. Like, did did I really like this? Like, mm-hmm. but truly I found it kind of entertaining, and it was it was funny, and it kind of, it hit all the right marks for sure. And though, again, totally not necessary in the whole span of things, I think it was a very fun movie and a very fun take. Yeah, you know, I feel like every Toy Story is unnecessary, but it's just because Disney wants to make another Toy Story movie, so Pixar's like, fine, I'll do it. So that part didn't bother me as much, especially after, like, like I said, I was, like, looking back at old reviews of Toy Story 3, and people calling Toy Story 3 unnecessary, mm-hmm. and it's like, why are you ruining this, like, series with another movie? And right. Stuff like that. So it's like, people have felt this way, and I guess they even felt that way when Toy Story 2 was coming out. It's like, why make a I sequel? Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely true. I so, think, I guess my biggest gripe with 3 would have been, like, or Toy Story 4, I'm sorry, was Buzz's whole arc. Yeah, Buzz was definitely, um, lately really did, did Buzz dirty. Inju- yeah, they did, like, an injustice to him there. But yeah, that was Toy Story 4. Um, So Toy Story Month is over. And (laughs) so the beginning of Toy Story Month was done out of good cheer to like my fellow co-host. But I think if I remember correctly, we did make a deal when we said if Toy Story Month was to come out, I would do something special right after. And I'm glad to announce <laughs> that the new series that's going to be coming out is a whole summer of Fast and the Furious. Oh my gosh. Start your engines. We're going li- oh to live gosh. our life a quarter mile at a time, okay? <laughs> I am so excited. You cannot fathom how excited I am for Fast and the Furious. I love showing anyone this series. I showed Mia this series over two days. I feel like I signed my soul to the devil. (laughs) (laughs) 
Dude, this month is going to be amazing. This whole summer is, because we got, we got Fast and Furious <laughs> Summer. We got Top Gun Maverick coming out in movie theaters. We got Jurassic World Dominion coming out in movie theaters. What else is coming out? We got Lightyear coming out June 17. Ooh. We got Thor Love and Thunder coming out in July. And then we got Bullet Train coming out in July. Oh, that one looks really yeah. fun. Dude, love, love this is going to be an action-packed summer. Like, so, so I was going to say, so we're doing all the Fast and Furious movies. Yes. So, there's what, nine of them? Yeah. No, there's more. No, there's nine plus Hobbs and Shaw. And then there's, well, I guess the tenth one is new. It's not out it's yet. It's coming not out, out mm-hmm. right? It's like yeah. in production or whatever. So, I was going to say, so to break up the Fast and the Furious. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> I thought it'd be funny if we broke it up maybe with a summer movie. You know, summer. So maybe after like Fast 4 or Fast 5. Maybe after the trilogy we watch a, a summer movie. Maybe uh, Surf's Up. Surf's Up? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which was Surf's Up 2 with John Cena and Undertaker. I don't I don't even know about Surf's, Surf's Up 2. <laughs> but I was also going to ask about what do you think about doing a movie that's in the movie theaters? Maybe we could cut this part of the podcast out, but... Ooh, like which one? I don't know. I know, like... Uh, I'm excited for Bullet Train. Yeah, like Bullet Train and shit like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it'd be fun if we went to, like, a midnight release and yeah. then, like, maybe came home and recorded. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, guys. Sorry, I shouldn't have clapped. <laughs> okay, guys. Editing, editing. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, yeah. I'd do that. And just kind of be like, oh, would you... Like, when that comes out, would you add that? Mm-hmm. Stuff like that, you know? You know, I thought you were gonna say, "Okay, let's cut it up." Let's throw cars. With cars yeah. <laughs> no, oh I gosh, almost yes. did. I almost did, but I was like, "No," because it was brought up to me mm-hmm. that Surf's Up is a really good movie, apparently. And I was like, "Ooh, it's summer." Those those yeah. Surf's Up action. Yeah. I'll, I'll consider it. Okay. I feel like Surf's Up would be in, on the wheel. Well, here's the thing. The only reason I'm saying I'll consider it is the we the only exception with toy story was because we're adding it to the collection yeah i don't have surfs up in my collection so like if it just magically appeared at the door one day (laughs) you would be like all right maybe i I might have to make an exception you know i thought you were gonna throw me a curve on me like we will break up fast and furious with the six seasons of fast and furious on netflix the teenage kid fast and furious one no i didn't know that existed (laughs) yeah there's six seasons of it on netflix (laughs) So, how are we doing it? Are we watching one every week? Yeah. Okay. Alrighty. I think so. Okay. I think... Are we also to be featured on these podcasts? If you want. You guys are always welcome to... You don't have to be on every podcast, but if you, there's a movie that you're like, surprisingly really good. There are a couple Fast and Furious movies where it's like, not the best. Yeah. But if there's one that speaks out to you, you guys are more than welcome to join us. Alright. I know. My personal favorite is Fast Five. I'm not. I'm, I'm. I'm not really looking forward to any of them. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's gonna be a few that you're gonna absolutely love. Yeah. And there's gonna be a few. I hope. I. I hope I like at least one of them because it's gonna get really hard to go through them. You're gonna love Fast Five. I know you're gonna like Fast Five. Uh, you might like Fast Fast and Furious Three Tokyo Drift. So so I've never so I've I've not been intoxicated for mm-hmm. anything we've watched mm-hmm. maybe i had like a drink mm-hmm. but it is the summer man so, you can't you know. drink and drive <laughs> <laughs> not if you're in the passenger seat well 
thank you everyone for joining us on this endeavor of Toy Story Month. I hope that you guys will stick around for Fast and Furious Summer. Because uh, I think it's going to be a very high-octane <laughs> fueled adventure. Uh, if you like what you heard, please rate and review us wherever you listen to your podcast. And until next time, we'll see you, partner. You know, with gas prices going up, I don't know if it's a safe bet to do this all summer. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Peace out. Bye.